This episode of Heavy Cardboard is brought to you from the great folks over at Gamesurplus.com, bringing the world of board games to you. Now, on to the show. Board games, war games, 18xx, and Jim, what do you talk about on your show? Whatever the hell we want to. See, exactly. Yeah, Thank we, you for joining us. <laughs> we just talk. We don't care. I don't know. What do people Welcome, want us so, to talk about? So I guess technically Have we tonight. Started? Yes. Okay, great. So technically this is punching heavy cardboard. Wait, whoa, 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 whoa. Heavy punching cardboard. Or, well, hmm. Now, they're older, so punching heavy cardboard yeah, is right. Yeah. Yeah, but you're bigger. have more episodes. And heavier. You have an elephant mascot and younger and faster. (laughs) Stronger. And stronger. We can rebuild him. Yes. And you're both there and it's only one of us here because the other one's in the bathroom. So, (laughs) well, you know, hey, we don't judge. It's okay. So, so, So realistically, we were all supposed to do our own intros to this episode. We do mention that in the episode proper that we're doing our own intros uh, right. at some so point. So chronologically, it, this is all whacked out. And right? when we got done with the marathon session, Eric jumped out the out, out of his seat, through the door, and said, oh, God, I got I to, gotta, you know, I've, I've, I, I got to go. And so he headed to the bathroom because he had been drinking so much water. Oh, wait, no, he's drinking whiskey. I don't know how that makes you pee. But... <laughs> After that, we forgot to in- record our intro. So your idea was, <laughs> let's all do this together. And Eric is obviously in Gresham. So, right. So <clears throat> we thought we planned on doing this mm-hmm. tonight, anyways. And we were yeah. like, and then when you mentioned that, we were like, oh, why don't we just all do it? Do together. it together. Yeah, that's fine. That's cool. So what you been playing lately? <laughs> what have I been playing lately? Yeah, uh, I played Suburbia. Woo. And, Did you enjoy it? The, I, it sounds like you thoroughly I, enjoyed yeah. it. Well, you know, our audiences may or may not like suburbia anymore. That's not. I, hold I hold think on. Suburbia I didn't is ask. Fine. I, I enjoyed didn't it. Ask, I know. I was getting been to playing it. that our audience right. cares about. I, I just asked. All right. What did, well, you been I, suburbia last night. Okay. Today, All my, right. My boy had a meltdown playing last night. Uh, because his income went way down as his population kept going up, which is, you know, he's played this game many, many times, so he should understand that. Right. And then he kept having meltdowns, and we helped him solve that. And then, oh, I guess I have to buy this one. I didn't want it. And <laughs> at the end of the game, he was on uh, 110 points, and I was on 110 points, and the wife was <laughs> down the road. And he thought he'd won, but I had more money, so I got the extra points on the money conversion. But Snap. all that, all that to get to the point where you could have won this game, but you're too busy whining. Yep. So, <laughs> and then, you know, it's funny, funny you bring up whining because when we were when we did our review last week of Dominant Species, uh, that was one of the uh, one of the rules that we set as a, a ground ground rule that. I don't care how far behind you are in dominant species. No whining, right? Because the end game scoring is so massive. I don't want to hear it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh. Uh-uh. Uh. No whining's allowed. Yeah. And did somebody whine? 
Oh, oh, always. I, I, yeah. he, he always whines. I, oh, it's I you? I, I thought you were the expert. Every not, time. Not every time. Every time. <laughs> okay. Hyperbole lady. Every time. <laughs> but I thought you're the expert on dominant species. He is, but he still <laughs> whines. <laughs> Doesn't. Uh, anyway, moving on. So, suburbia. Does okay. he at least lose after all the whining, or no, does he win? He wins. So, no, he I whines do, about I, it, and then he wins, which makes you just want to punch him in the, the face. Which is the worst right? human being in the he world, actually, right? He does that in other games not just dominant species honestly you yeah. make it sound like i am the most miserable person in the world to play games you can with. be sometimes wow <laughs> you can be so can i we all can be miserable yeah sometimes. but it didn't sound that way well it's the way you took it then well hmm. so what else other than suburban so what else well, you know i'm going to go down this list of what what i've been playing this past week and if anybody who is one of your listeners who has never tried us well this is going to guarantee that they don't because <laughs> it's all super we're, we're going to get super heavy with port royale <laughs> 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 and whistle stop and uh oh, hold on let me stop you right there yeah. so would you uh, any thoughts on whistle stop Sur- did you enjoy it suburbia with trains uh okay yeah no it wasn't bad i enjoyed it it was my first play i i wasn't given full information eric likes to do that i'll give you i'll give you 95 percent, but there's this one other thing i can do the one gotcha the jerry <laughs> rule, the jerry rule. Yes. Yeah. Okay. oh i didn't know you you know when you play your coal you could just skip all your trains i told you that well you know you told me seven million rules i haven't played this yet (laughs) (laughs) oh yeah i I discovered that after my first game well there you go so uh, did it help him win no so anyway uh, you enjoyed it though i i enjoyed it it's light to medium i don't i don't know it's light it's suburbia weight uh okay it's got a lot of the same things that make you might enjoy suburbia Uh, have you played it uh, we have it. We haven't played it yet. We've played Suburbia mm-hmm. plenty of times, mm-hmm. though. So looking forward to it. I mean, I, I expect it to be something around, you know, t- uh, like one step up from Ticket to Ride is kind of what I'm anticipating. Sure. Sure. It's a step up from Ticket to Ride. Is it step up from Chicago Express? There's different things you're doing. Uh, Paris Connection. I don't know. It's about that weight, maybe. Okay. Okay, uh, cool. Looking forward to trying it mm-hmm. at least it's, for sure. It's just got the tiles that can do different things in like suburbia in a way. So, and then you get your train on it, and you're either going to the coal yard and picking up coal, or you gotta buy. You get to the place where you buy a stock, and you have to be able to buy it, otherwise you're going to take negative points. So that's kind of an interesting move. And you're trying to go from east to west. You get to west, you get bonuses, and it's uh, railroad revolution in a way without. Without it, I don't know. Railroad, I liked it better than Railroad Revolution. Let's let's say that. Okay, so, cool. Uh, Jingopolis, which is you know, that's I, that, I think that, it's good. That's game. really popular yeah. with our patrons. Um, or, or on the Slack channel, they talk about mm. that quite a bit. Mm-hmm. So yeah, we haven't haven't played it yet though. Uh, Legend uh, Legacy Gears of Time, which I had on my list when I started this hobby. Five, six years ago, whenever. One of the first games on my list. It's sitting on my list. I've seen it go down to like 15 bucks and have avoided buying it. Oh, do I really want it? Do I really want it? And um, It was all right. It wasn't bad. Okay. It doesn't make me regret not having picked it up four or five years ago, but I'll play it again. I don't think I'm going to go pick it up. But this time, if I do see it, on a fire sale, I, I might add it. 
But okay, you know. all right, not exactly a ringing endorsement, but at the same time, not bad. Just a game on a pile of games. Well, yeah. So, all right, when we started this, what four years ago? You guys, three and a half. You you were about yep, six months about. after we started, and we we were all fairly new to the hobby or this part of the hobby at that point, right? Five sure. five years or so, yep. basically for all of us. Five years ago, this would have felt something different and interesting and it would have felt heavier than we were used to because we hadn't encountered Lisboa and Arkwright and all these other games. So, but now uh, with the technology having risen and and gone past this level, I, 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 you know, I I like it. If you like a suburbia weight game, if you like a little bit of uh, going back and forth supposedly in time which no game has really been able to reproduce um it felt more like that than anachrony did though uh you know and and it's a good family weight game so if you have casual gamers or family gamers that you have to appease when you know that don't want to do the heavy stuff with you i I don't know It, it was fine it was fine you know well, okay. On that note, uh, when we were last up there, we played. Um, what was it? It was uh, Manhattan Project, Energy the, Empire. There. Yeah. Okay. So compare it, like weight wise, something like that. Which would you rather play? Would you rather play Legacy or or the uh, Manhattan Project, Energy Empire? So Energy Empire works. I, I'd say they're fairly similar weight level, but Energy Empire seems to give you the illusion that it's heavier. So there's there are these midweight games that just play so well and have enough moving parts and are tight enough that you think you're playing a game with more depth. I would something say, that punches above its weight. Right. And I would say Energy Empire did that for us. I, I thought it was a good session. Um, I think Amanda remembers. I said, you got to get these cards. And she said, I'm not uh-huh. getting those cards. I, I don't <laughs> care what you say. I'm not going to get those cards. I'll try to win this way. And it didn't work. But that's, didn't that's fine. She has her prerogative, right? Um, so so I think it's 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 in that vein. You should, it's funny you should say that because I played that this week as well. And the boy beat us oh. at that. So, um, But. You know, a game like Blood Rage, is that even any any heavier than these? I'm not sure. So these all fit in that light to mid-weight, casual, can get your family members around. There's enough there for you as a heavy gamer to enjoy it while you're playing with people who aren't heavy gamers. Every collection needs those. Yeah, oh, absolutely. exactly. Exactly. Yep. I mean, Eric and I have been playing Champions of Midgard on and off. And I, I know just you're got a really the expansions big fan of uh, for it, which add more of the same and more of a little bit different to it. And yet, at the end of every session, we just feel like we've had a really good session of a really solid worker placement game with a l- just the tiniest bit of luck, which adds to the tension of it. You know, the success fail aspect of it, and uh, the scores seem to be close. Everybody seems to be in it. it. It just seems like you're working for something and it goes the right amount of time. It just feels really good to play. So, yeah, every collection, you need you need a selection of those. Um, because <laughs> not everybody Ooh. wants to play nine-hour train games. Not everybody. All the time. All the time being the, the I mean, everybody wants to. Yes. They just may not know what right. you're exactly. Correct, right? Uh-huh. <laughs> That's what the kids said. We ended up playing uh, Suburbia because she says, I want to play a game. What do you want to play? Oh, yeah, I know. You want to play a nine-hour train game. 
Okay, let's do that. It was seven at night. Yeah, we're not doing that. Well, <laughs> we can do I, it for I, two hours, and then I'll play it with you again for two hours tomorrow and two hours the next day because I can't go more than two hours on your train games. <laughs> That's funny. <laughs> I That's said, funny. Yeah, a few more years when you understand the financial aspects. Maybe we'll do that. Nice. So for us, we we got a couple, just really only three games to the mm-hmm. table. Uh, We've for, been so sick. Everybody's <laughs> been so sick. Right, but now that we're on off the Schneid, so to mm-hmm. say. Well, you two uh, anyway. Well, yeah, yeah. The other two are definitely. I luckily I've dodged all of the bullets. Knocking oh, you on better. Wood. Yeah, knock on that table. Um, because the only thing that's really hit me is allergies. So hopefully I will have just smooth sailing. Well, your immune system's definitely stronger than anybody oh, else yeah. I've ever met. Yeah. It's, it's called being ill a lot when I was little. Or, or that. <laughs> so for us, we got, uh, we've got we been getting Forbidden Stars to the table. Uh, we're going to be live streaming that on Saturday, uh, the first live stream of the Patreon Drive, mm-hmm. which I'm really nervous and really excited about this game uh, to live stream it because have you ever played it, Jim? Uh, <laughs> we have a history of space game meltdowns. This was meltdown number two, man. Yeah, <laughs> we tried to play it one night. Yeah, this worked out really, really well. Haven't touched it since. <laughs> Haven't gone near it. Won't. I'm which, not even looking which... at the box that's on your wall on the Skype <laughs> thing. Here. I've got my hand up so I don't see the so, box, man. So it, who melted down then? Is the question? Wasn't me. Wasn't me. Okay. It wasn't me. Well, this was hegemonic it's... part two, and if you know the hegemonic story, this this was almost worse. <laughs> It's uh, the, I I was very pleasantly surprised by this game. Really, I, I enjoyed yeah enjoyed it far more than I thought I would. Uh, it's very much a slow paced game, meaning mm-hmm. that there's no speeding up the game. Even with experienced players, it's still going to mm-hmm. take its time. That yep. it just because you can't. Uh, you can't Every, fast forward anything. You can't because the combat with the way the cards play and everything, I mean, there's thought that goes mm-hmm. into every single thing that you do. And it's just, it's procedural in a sense, but it definitely takes a fair takes bit a of time. time yeah. So this stream is going to be upwards of four or five hours, mm-hmm. even though it's only going to be three of us playing it. But all that said, yeah, definitely looking forward to it. And only, I guess, nervous about it is uh, Dan's going to be teaching the game. Not that I don't trust Dan to be able to teach the game well. I think he's, he did a great job when he taught Scythe mm-hmm. on the stream. It's not that. It's just there are a bunch of little gotcha rules here and there. Mm-hmm. It is uh, a fantasy flight game for for those uh, unfamiliar with it. It's But it flows really well, and we have definitely been enjoying that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I mean, there were things that I thought were pretty cool about it. There were some couple things that I thought just I, I hated, and maybe getting full plays in, uh, but it would prevent me from going back to it too. Um, you know, it's, like what? First of all, you know, you're in space, right? I think uh-huh. space sure. is kind of right, wide yeah. open, up and down, left and right, and there's this bar. That goes across the board that blocks oh, the warp you. storms. The warp yes. storms. The bar that blocks you. It's a really all the, big. All of a sudden, storm. space becomes two dimensional. It becomes a platform. I, I, you know, little things like that just drive me crazy. Oh, arbitrarily, this is going to block you from going this quadrant to that quadrant, even though you should be able to get around it in numerous number of ways <laughs> if you can travel in a spaceship among the stars. 
So well, I mean, it, it does have warps as well. So there's that. And the way I, the setup has everybody spread out, so it kind of. Oh, I don't. Ah, hold on. Now that we we played the the first time we played it, we played the recommended like first game setup, right? It was, which is probably what we did. However, makes a world of difference when you. Uh, it's not really a draft. It's one player. Everybody gets three tiles, and you place down a tile. And when you place down that tile, you make the determination of how many units you're going to place onto that tile and where. Okay. So you get some freedom. And then subsequently, you go around and around the table clockwise, laying down a tile. It has to share an edge. And it makes it a lot more contentious and a lot less, oh, I'm going to start over here. You're going to start way over there and stuff like that. So we found that we have enjoyed... Uh, the custom setup uh, far more than the the learning game setup, definitely. Yeah, that's usually the case, with especially with the Fantasy Flight games. Once you add in all the bells and whistles, but then you add in all the bells and whistles, and it becomes kind of fiddly and all kinds of rules exceptions and things like that, like you said. So, uh, But you've got, if you're in the mindset for that, that's what you want. That's what you do, right? Sure. Yep. So Saturday is going to be a lot of fun. I'm looking forward to it. It's going to be a long, long stream, but it, I'm looking forward to uh, it. Are you in it, Amanda? I am not. Oh, by her choice. Boys, yes, by my choice. Have you played It'll, it yet? Yes. And I have. is this choice I, because you've played it? Well, no. It's because um, I played it four, and I felt it drug a lot, and I wasn't the biggest fan. But I haven't played it since, so I want to play it. With fewer players, I'd like to play it at three and at two to see if I like it better than at four. But I just elected to not be in this one. Plus, we thought three was going to be the optimal number for not making a eight-hour live stream. <laughs> so it's a mirror trash on the heavy cardboard live stream. Yep, exactly. <laughs> it actually was requested and uh, much requested. Yeah, and so we we. Uh, we said that Dan was going to be a part of it and then schedules didn't work out. Then we got sick mm -hmm. and four months later, we're finally getting around to doing it. Yeah. See, that's the difference between your show and ours. You guys are, are, are doing requests. If we did our requests, we would have killed each other or ourselves <laughs> several times over by now because of some of the requests we have gotten. We finally did our Mythotopia showdown that was requested and then kind of we got conned into it by a poll on our guild uh, that ended up in a tie. So they said, you have to settle it on the table. And we settled it on the table. So, All right. <clears throat> you know, speaking of uh, polls and uh, requests. Yeah. Now, I'm not going to put any kind of time frame on this. Uh-oh. <laughs> but there is going to have to be a re joint review between at least you Maybe, you know, when Eric is indisposed traveling and everything to where the three of us sit down and dig in to a quality review, Stratomatic Baseball. Well, as Eric's never played it <laughs> right now, I'd have to get him to play it. Uh, well, no, I, no, I'm saying if he's not around and the three of us could do a joint review. Yeah. I'm up for it. I, I think, I know. I think, I, I think that'd be fun. things like that need to get a lot more press than, than that game I'm blocking on your wall. <laughs> 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 All right. 
so yesterday, um, Saturday, we had a basically a MOA Ideas game day. We played Mini Rails, and then we played Tulip Bubble. <laughs> and all right, what what is that? Oh my gosh, it's it sounds silly, but it is Tulip Bubble is good. We really enjoyed it. I was very pleasantly surprised. Mm-hmm. So normally, whenever game day or whenever we're planning on playing a game, somebody knows it ahead of time. Whether it's uh, me and you know we've played it before, or I've at least gone through the rules mm-hmm. in like a sample game just to get my feet wet. However. We got sent a review copy of Tulip Bubble, and we hadn't played it yet. I had a a high-level overview given to me at Gen Con, but we hadn't played it. It's a what we thought was going to be just a filler game. Yeah. And so we're like, hey, we'll just bust this out and learn it on the fly. It's a small rule book. It's like six, eight pages, but they're really small pages. It's not a big rule book. And dude, don't sell this game short. I I know nothing it, about this game, so okay, so it's hard to sell uh, it short. I've never seen it. Back in 1636 or 1639, I can't remember, in the Netherlands, there was uh, Tulip Mania to where uh, commodity speculation w- ran rampant. And tulips were, people were literally making fortunes just dealing in tulips okay and yeah and so this game simulates that you know abstractly i mean every game's an abstraction sure. right and so it's it's all about uh investing and commodity speculation mm-hmm. with a little bit of random element in the uh the event that happens uh every round for being able to uh change the value of certain colors mm-hmm. of tulips and every player starts with so much money and they place bid markers out on the available tulips, and you see what tulips are going to be available the subsequent round, you can either buy these tulips outright or you can finance them through the bank. And then there are, you can turn around and sell these tulips based on, you know, hopefully they they have appreciated instead of depreciated, and you make a profit off of them. And you you can basically buy on margins, without actually having the money by borrowing the money from the bank. And it's just a really, I don't know, maybe an hour, hour and 15 minute, uh, really clever commodity speculation mm-hmm. game that everybody, all five of us at the table were like, holy shit, yeah, this is fantastic. This. Yeah. this is not at all what we were expecting. You know, just it was, it was really good. Does it have and, a... Um, Go ahead. My, one of our... <laughs> One of our players, Mike, told a story about that actually happened back then. He said that one of the workers one day went and had his lunch, and he had taken an onion with him. And he ate his onion and then finished his lunch and came back to work. And the uh, boss said, um, that wasn't an onion that you ate, and you now owe us $30,000. Oh, or the equivalent man. back then. Because he, had, he ate a tulip bulb. Oops. Oh. And that's how but much that's it was how- going for? Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. And that's how that's how it was. Apparently so. So that's uh, yeah. Um, some mo ideas, both Tulip Bubble, and uh, we already did kind of a trailer review mm-hmm. on of Mini Rails, mm-hmm. which is a fantastic thinky little filler. Mm-hmm. That uh, well, you want to talk about it? Sure. We already talked about it a little bit on our show, but it's you um, you invest in companies or you lay rail that's the only two things you can do 
And it's amazing what you can forget and try to do again in only two turns. <laughs> You'll forget the, what you did the first turn. And, um, but you can, you, can, you can lay track in companies that you're not invested in to hurt other players. You can tank stocks. You can just, you know, it's, it's, it's definitely, like you said, a thinky filler that we enjoy playing. Yeah, six rounds, you have two actions on each turn. One, Your choice of which order you do them, mm-hmm. either you invest or you lay track. Mm-hmm. Those are your two options. And you invest by taking a disc onto your board, and hopefully when people lay track, it lays track in a positive location as opposed to a negative location. Or you, inv- or you lay track and hopefully hurt the other players. Mm-hmm. And Mm -hmm. each share has its own value individually. So when you purchase that share, or I guess acquire that share, there's no money in the game. When you uh, choose to invest, you just place it on the zero spot. So it could be that Amanda has already invested a couple rounds ago in the yellow stock, and her stock is already at six value. Whereas when I invested in it, well, it's a baseline of zero. So hers is at six, mine's at zero. So whatever happens, happens to all those that are owned at that point. So whether they all go up by two or three or whether they go down one, two or three. So her value, it's possible mine's negative and yours is still positive. And on that same vein, if I buy another, in that same example, if I buy another yellow, then mine also starts on zero. I don't get to join where my another already was. So yeah, the the timing mechanism of when you invest into companies is really clever as well. And just, yeah, really impressive uh, small box games. Uh, Another game that that does a lot more than is in the box or or that exactly Mm -hmm. would expect with two little uh, actions there, right? Say again? With just two actions. I mean, it just is, yeah, is that much. I mean, all the depth just comes from uh-huh. who's doing what when. Yep. yep. You have 12 actions over the course yeah. of six rounds. That's a quick Make game. them count. Yeah. yeah. It's So those are definitely two games that are punching above their uh, their weight class. Yep. So is that so? Yeah. Is that the best thing you've played in the month? Well, we really haven't played anything. <laughs> well, although, well, actually, honestly, in September, it's pretty much been those three mm-hmm. games. That's right. You've um, been in bed the whole month. I, I pretty much yeah, have. So honestly, I would be hard-pressed to say which is the best game between the three of them. Uh, I will say that I enjoyed Tulip Bubble far more than I thought I would. Out of those two from Moa Ideas, whether we're talking uh, Mini Rails or Tulip Bubble, I really expected Tulip Bubble to be, oh, that's fine. You know, that's, yeah, I expected it to be decent, but not nearly mm-hmm. as good as it was. And I could maybe make a case that that might be my favorite out of the three of mm-hmm. them. And I feel like we've played three really good games yeah, this month. It would, I would agree with that. And I would say that for sure it's my favorite out of those three. Well, there you go. Yeah, out of all, these, uh, all this stuff I've played this month, there's only been one that has stood out, and that is the... And I'll try to pronounce it correctly because I don't know. People might get crazy. But the either Sidereal Confluence or Sidereal Confluence. How are it's Sidereal. It's Sidereal. All right. Uh, it's, that's a crazy game, man. And, so so talk <laughs> about that a little bit because it's actually sitting on my nightstand right now as I'm going through the rules. We haven't gotten it to the table because we haven't had the right player count for to be able to play it. Yet. Yeah, we so. did a pretty good first impression on our last episode, but I'll go short with this. Um, 
it's basically just negotiation. You just, there's all these cubes, they represent different things. You each have an asymmetrical start to your race. There are, I believe, nine races in the box, and they all have a difficulty rating starting at one going on up, and the game recommends you start with the first four, but we had five players, so we had to add in a fifth one and decide which one that is. And Who took it on the chin? I took it on the chin. Okay. Because I was be teaching, it was my game, I was teaching, I figured, you know, I, I have the advantage of having read the rules and and spread it out and all that stuff. So, you know, um, I didn't take it on the chin in the end, though. So, <laughs> um, but you basically are just, you're, you're just negotiating. You can trade your resources. You can trade the cards that produce your resources. If they're a race-specific card, you'll get that. It's only a loan, so that card will come back to you the next turn. Um, you do all this trading, and then you run the cards, whichever cards can be run. And while you're trading, you can upgrade your technologies. You invent a technology, and uh, you pull that card out of your deck, and you add it to your tableau. And at the end of the round, at a certain point during the round, you will then score points for that technology, put that technology in the center, uh, and everybody else will pull that technology out of their deck and put it in front of them. So they all gain your knowledge at the end of that round. So there's a whole lot so of you interesting stuff going on. So you possess on. it for that first round. Otherwise, you, you do, it joint and knowledge. you get the points for it during the gotcha. during the game. So you want to invent it, unless you're a certain race, like the race I was playing, that said, don't waste your time inventing technologies early. You want to produce. You you're the economic powerhouse. You want to go down that route. You know, Ty had the one that was the colonization powerhouse. And about halfway through the game, I turned him and I said, hey, what's that stack of cards you got standing? It looks like colonies right next to you. He's like, oh, yeah, I was probably supposed to start using those when the game started. <laughs> so <laughs> Eric, so <laughs> Ty did not win. Eric, Eric, No, Ty doesn't win. Eric's race uh, is the one that had to go out and get relics. Um, Todd had, a, had the easier race, and they just produced a lot of green i remember a lot of green right a lot of food they were doing food and all that stuff and then uh david uh he produced nothing we don't know why he doesn't know why he ended up taking his uh race card and putting it behind him so he didn't even have it in front of him to know what he was <laughs> supposed to do but he said on the second round i kind of like this game which is what all he right. says for every game so, so here's my question for you yeah. now we uh, talked about uh, when we recorded this episode, so we're going back in time, but forward, <laughs> but forward. about how oh, um, we're so like, linear. I know, right? Yo, dog. Uh, how a game like Terra Mystica, to where you're, you have to follow what your faction says you need to do. Right. So, did you? But you enjoyed it in this respect. I did because I didn't have to follow it. I it it's suggested to me. So the card reads, and I'm going to paraphrase it because I don't have it in front of me and it's been a couple weeks, but it tells you that if you do things right, you will have your your engine will be up and running like nobody's business in nine turns. And then the very next sentence says, unfortunately, the game only lasts six turns. <laughs> <laughs> so it gives you this strategy of, oh, this is what you should do. However... You're going to have to figure out some other ways to get That's some funny. other points and everything. That's awesome. And at Yeah, thanks. And at the end, 
whatever resources you have left over from your final production, some of those might go into a, a place where you actually ha are forced to trade them, your donation pile. So you either trade them or you have to donate them, which is another aspect. We didn't get much into it. People weren't using cards that had that aspect, but it's there. But that will all come to you at the end, and you get half the points. And the point totals at the end of the game go to half points at that point. So it was a half point victory. It was pretty wild. Oh, um, wow. And you know, you're not doing anything to temper my excitement for this game, just so you know. I, well, I'm going to tell you this. Uh, for me, I thought about it all the next day. Um, I think Eric has a few reservations that I don't have. Um, I, I figured the group that I had sat down at the table for it. I thought this could do one of two things. This could go really, really well, or this could just really be badly. an explosion because I could just see Ty over there going, yeah, this this isn't a game. And, it is a space And he'll game, get on right? his phone and he'll go, I'm rating this a one on BGG. <laughs> and then it's for, time for him to do something. He'll be like, I, I pass. And then he'll just keep typing in how horrible the game is. And it would right, just be giving a it a one rating. Fight. Right. Um, but we love you, Ty. We do. <laughs> Uh, and that can be as funny as other things he does. But he started getting into it. And then I realized, ah, oh, there's something here. There's something going on. I felt it was thematic enough, even though, of course, it's abstract. Uh, I, I don't know. It, it's just something I, I want to explore more. I want to rotate uh, the, the different races that I play, the different you know ways to go about it. Uh, there is one that's kind of a, a race out there that steals stuff from everybody. It's recommended you don't play with that one until everybody knows what they're doing. I sure, like the so fact they can that defend you can, against that and stuff, right? You can handicap uh, experienced players with harder races. So I, I don't know. I think there's a lot there. I think there it's ripe for a good expansion that would really blow it up, and it 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 just spreads out on the table. Looks really cool, even though there's no board. That's the other hard thing. There's no board, so everybody's. I really don't know how this works because you don't. I don't have a board where I'm going to place my work. I don't have, and, we, and you do everything simultaneously for the most part. So that that's also very cool. Uh, that's somewhat terrifying for those folks out there that like their procedural mm -hmm. games and their step by step stuff Correct. and everything. Yeah. So this this is going to be uh, this is going to be a challenge yep. with our group, but yeah, a is. challenge in a good way, I think. I would recommend. And, and I think you can get it done in under three hours on a first play. I don't know how many you're planning on playing with the first time. I, in a perfect world, it would be four because, you know, you have the four beginner races. Right. But worst comes to worst, if we did five, I would do like you since I'm the one reading the rule book. I would take that fifth mm -hmm. race and, and I think, go from there. I think from the first play, I, I, I think four would be too few. I think this will excel at five or six players. And okay. I think it would right. be crazy cool. at anything over six, but although it could be fun at seven, you don't know. But eight or nine, I don't know <laughs> how you would do the trading at eight or nine. It'd be like it would be like the the floor of the stock exchange with people. You know, well, it's either that or it's something like an advanced sieve to where you set a timer, like okay, mm -hmm. this round of trading's ten minutes. Well, boom. The time, rule go. suggests that anyway. I mean, you should oh, probably right. yeah, be yeah, ready yeah. to get a timer out, especially if you have people taking a long time. But. Um, I would also say if you could, if you could plan it for a night where you can get both those games or two games in and play it twice in a row, I think that would be a huge benefit. I think that's Noted the up. one mistake we made is not playing immediately again. But we figured we didn't want to go three hours; we wanted something for two hours, and we ended up going three and a half with the Godfather. So uh, um, that was a mistake. And how was that? Moving on. 
briefly. Okay. <laughs> right. That's kind of, I'll be honest. Um, that's a game that I have zero interest in to begin with. That I expected it to be, you know, a lot of buzz and then a lot of crickets. Yeah, and there are, there seem to be the crickets now. If anybody's interested, Eric and I talk about these pretty, you know, we give them each about 45 minutes or so in our last episode. Um, 115, is is that right? I don't know. And, All right, uh, so just go back to the last episode, mm-hmm. yeah, easy enough, yeah. right? There and, you go. And I think I summed it up, and Eric agreed, is that if you've played Yido and Kill Shakespeare, uh, this is to Blood Rage as Kill Shakespeare is to Yido. All right. Help me. Uh, we haven't played with Kill Shakespeare. Yeah, so... So Kill Shakespeare Yido, is the played. same designers as Yido, and very many... Much of Kill Shakespeare is taken from Yido, similar mechanics and all that, except that it's based on an IP of a comic book. It's more of a semi-co-op with a winner, but you all have to work together or or King Richard kills you all or whatever. And, uh, or he kills Shakespeare is what he's trying to do. And you're trying to save Shakespeare. And, um, and IDW was one, I think one of the first Kickstarters and it was just a total mess from them, not from the designers, but from them. So in a way, it, it felt like the IP there is there first, and you're creating a game around that IP. Obviously, it's the same thing with this Godfather game. I'm assuming they have the IP of the Godfather. Well, now we're going to get Eric Lane to create this game around it. Sure. Well, he did Blood Rage, so it's area control with card play and all that. So let's do a similar thing with this, change up some things and all that. And that's what it feels like. It just doesn't oh, feel okay. – if it feels like gameplay was just there to service the IP yeah. rather than like – Vitalis Lisboa. He doesn't have an IP, but he has a theme and something that he's passionate about, and he creates his game from the ground up, and it becomes this beautiful game because he's passionate about telling this story, mm-hmm. and the game mechanics are, are are in service of the game, and the story's in service of the game as well. As if, opposed to the other way around. Well, they're both in service of the game as opposed well, to no, no, the no, mechanics no, no. just what being I mean in service that, to the IP. I, I, Right, I don't want to yeah. say mailing it in or anything, but it you can tell the level of passion that went in to harmonize everything together, yes. I think is what I'm trying to say. Yes, mm-hmm. with okay. wigs and everything. So tulips, I'm up for tulips because <laughs> I learned that wigs, you know, they're fine too, right? Yeah, right? <laughs> Who knew? So, but that's that's it. That's pretty much right. what I've been playing and the, the cool. best of what I've been playing and and that's pretty much where we're at mm-hmm. with what we've been playing. Uh, I guess the only other thing that we really need to mention, at least on our show, yeah. is we have our patron drive starting up on Saturday. We do. You do. Which I'm really excited and terrified. <laughs> Same here. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you guys are the champions of the Patreon world, so I don't think you need to be terrified. Uh, I mean, to put it in a nutshell, I mean, we've been, well, I say we, but I guess me, we have been producing the show now since the end of May. I've been doing it full time, but I haven't Mm -hmm. been doing it as a full time job. And what I mean by that is we've been living off of, sure, the Patreon's done pretty well, but it's not enough 
for us to meet our monthly nut. So mm-hmm. we've been uh, supplementing that with our savings. And that was intentional. Yeah. We knew we knew we were going to do that for a few months. But I'll be honest, I really am enjoying creating the show full time. Um, I feel like the show has benefited from that. So I hope it can continue. So we'll find out. So the patron drive starts Saturday, but uh, everybody will hear more about that. The cool thing about this is with us releasing this show on Tuesday. It gives a heads up. It, right. And it allows us to put out a pod blast later on in the week mm-hmm. to really unpack what it is we're going to be doing. So yep. more on that later on this week. So so get ready, excited. people. Get ready for this. It starts <laughs> excited Saturday. And, and terrified. The 30th, right? Yes, sir. All and right. we're actually kicking it off with the live stream of mm-hmm. Forbidden Stars. Oh, man. Yep. That could just be a meltdown. I'm telling you, it, it, it's going to be fantastic. One one way or the other, it's yeah. going to be either. It's not, there's not going to be a meltdown. So no, I'm telling, you, I'm telling you, if you want this this Patreon thing to really succeed, somebody's got to hit somebody. <laughs> <laughs> I think I'll just walk in and slap Dan. And there it is. There it is. <laughs> During Forbidden Stars, this is how Forbidden Stars goes. Boom, and that's it. The people will be donating money left and right. Hit him again. <laughs> <laughs> Huh. I, I like the cut of your gist, sir. Dan, I, hey, I apologize ahead of time, but just watch your six. That's all I'm going to say. I understand your fear because I'm afraid to even do a Patreon because I don't want to be sitting there going, oh, yeah, Punchy Cardboard, they have $15 a month coming in. So, Which, which I, dude, we were there. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, at some point, you just got to close your eyes and, and just, jump. And just click start or go or yeah. whatever yeah done. yeah but yeah I, i've seen a lot you, of other people do patreons and they're still stuck there you guys have you you guys are the you know you've you've done it you've you've made that leap you've made that jump you're making the content and i hate using that word content you're, i do you're, too you're We're doing media. the work you're just doing the right. work and you're having the fun and you're giving you're creating something that is extremely useful and not just because you're friends but I mean, there is nobody out there doing as useful work in the way you're doing it. There are a few useful tools out there, of and course. I'm not even talking about reviews. Reviews are a subjective thing, and that's a totally different thing. Uh, but your playthroughs, the fact that you learned to speak English before you started doing these videos, Edward, I mean, fantastic. So... <laughs> And you actually read rules and teach the games correctly. I don't know. I'm impressed. I'm I'm uh, uh, jealous, envious, all these things. But you know, congratulations. I have no doubt that you're going to get where you want to go with this. Well, I appreciate it, brother. You know, uh, you know uh, how much you you and uh, Eric mean to me and to us and to our show. Um, well, I know how much I Eric mean, means because you beg him to come to HeavyCon all the time. Me, he's just like, ah. Well, whether well, he comes on, or not, I, I, I don't beg care. him because he never comes. I know. <laughs> Whereas <laughs> right. we, we don't need to beg you. You brave the Denver airport and come to yeah. see us. Right. Yeah, yeah, You're willing. Yeah. You Maybe I'll stop so up. people start being nice to me. No. Oh, yeah. Because we're all so mean to <laughs> I know, you right? all the time. Well, I don't Drama know. That will cut dude and that Cordero dude. I mean, yeah. uh, they're mean to everybody. Oh, dude. They, you, you, wait, hold on. When we did to Tunk, when we went to Tunk, you know, I got invited to that and didn't go. Oh. I'm just saying, be, I catch all the flack that they give you. Uh-huh. I caught it all during that. So 
There you go. And then you talk about all the barbecue, and I'm like, damn, that sounds good. (laughs) Well, okay, so you were invited, so you could have come. Yeah, I feel bad about not coming. And I'm sure that Dave will give me a a lot. Labrador and Grits will give me a hard time at BGG Con. (laughs) So, I mean, but that epitomizes the greatest thing about this hobby. The game's fine, whatever. Mm -hmm. I mean, even if we didn't have the games, the people and... The relationships, the food. and I, I mean, our, I can count on one hand the amount of games that I remember from two, three, four years ago playing. But I, I can count in the dozens how many times we have sat around just having a drink and cutting up and just talking about whether it's board game related or not. Yeah. And that's what makes this hobby so special is uh, the board games are just the conduit. Mm-hmm. That's all they are. Yep. Ultimately, yep. It, yep. It, it's all about the people, man. And that's what makes this hobby so amazing. And I'm grateful that we've been able to become friends, whether it's with, you know, uh, Labrador and Grits or <laughs> or you. It's uh, no, man. This or is great. you, that's, the way you said I mean, it, that's or why, you. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that's why we wanted to do this, right? We have fun doing this together. So, yeah. Yeah. And you wanted to quit your job and do something fun, too. I mean, well, there's that. Yeah. I mean, I, I, it was either that or eat a bullet. So, I, so I, now I, I'm going to give you the light one of that, but... stretch goal that's going to get you over the top. That's going What's to make that? you full time without going into savings, without having to raise Matt's rent. Right. Which I would raise which anyway. Which they would appreciate, you, you, especially uh, just, since he's been just, sick and missed just, a couple of days yeah, of work. I would have a surcharge for germs. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you know, if you get sick, if Amanda gets sick, she can't man, go to I'm work. That's have, money. They got to cover. They got to cover that, man. I'm gonna have to have a codicil to the police. <laughs> 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 but you keep talking about how you're doing this full time, so to get that final over the hump stretch goal, you got to take over editing, so Amanda doesn't have to do it at all. <laughs> yeah here here okay so here's the stretch goal for that we get the patreon to about eighty four hundred dollars a month then we'll both be able to do it full time and she can keep the editing that's how that's gonna work oh okay that's I see. the stretch goal I see. I yeah no it. chance if if i ever had to edit the show it would sound horrible no, it just wouldn't be edited. <laughs> um, I, seriously, people don't appreciate. I I do, and that's why I will never talk trash. No, I just I mean, thought we it's talking, funny when we're trying to discuss how we're going to go about this, and you just sit there and glaze over. I don't understand the words you're saying. Oh, it was funny how yeah. you and Amanda, when we were getting started, talking about you know editing. How do you get it stereo to monitor to, and all this stuff? And I'm like, I'm just kind of, I'm like the pretty girl. You know, the the I'm arm except candy. you're not pretty. When it, right, so except there you that, go. right? Your voice candy. You're the pretty. Well, you're I'm the sick. pretty girl if she was pretty. Right. Yeah, okay. Exactly. But because he is pretty. when when it <laughs> well, comes you. to editing, I'm a hundred percent ignorant. I will fully admit that. <laughs> yeah. And that's a just fine. Um. Um. But you know, we all have our strengths. I'm not exactly sure what mine is outside of maybe interviewing. I think I'm doing pretty well mm-hmm. with that. But outside that, I have no idea. So I'm I appreciate sure. that people Whatever. even watch and listen to this stuff. I, I had a, I was having beers with a guy I know who knows us through our shows. Moved out here, contacted me for gaming, and we were talking about it. Say and hi to Tony, by the way. It wasn't Tony. Um, oh, okay. It was a guy named Todd, uh, who probably you don't know. Uh, but he's now in this area. He actually bought a house real close to me, so it's good to have somebody nearby to play games with. 
Awesome. And we were talking about a couple things, and we were talking about, you know, he's 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 been on, on the shows for a while, and we were talking about this HBO show. Uh, I forget the name of the show, but it was a four-part documentary about Jimmy Iovine and uh, Dr. Dre. And then you know, I saw yeah. the previews of that during uh, Game of Thrones. Yeah. So, I what it's called either. So, but if yeah. you want to know what you're good at, he compared us each to one of those two guys, and oh God. and 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 it made sense to me. So okay, so so I'm Jimmy and you're Dre. <laughs> pretty much, pretty much what yeah, he said, I, and I and I, right. I thought, yeah, absolutely. I mean, you've got the chops, but your big skill is getting people getting it done. Is is just getting it done. You know, I, I live by the adage, and it sounds smarmy, I think, when you say it, but I live by the adage, always be hustling. And hustling, not a negative connotation, not like used car salesman hustling. No. Just, just always working, never stop. Yeah. I, 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 until, until things get to where I want them to be. And I'll be honest, there is not like a, a, a end point I don't know how not how to not be. But you can hungry. do it shamelessly. Whereas I can hustle, but then I get the Irish Catholic guilt comes in. I'm going, yeah, I really, I don't want to impose. I'm sorry. I, I don't listen to us. Don't, don't download it. I, I'm really sorry. I don't want to take up. This show is going to take up four hours of their time. I don't want to take up four hours of your time. I know you've got better things to do, and uh, that's me. You know, and you're like, I, oh, dude, this is the greatest four hours in the face. We we get this you, out. You we're going to get a really gold funny. record, and then we're going to move on, and we're going to take over this industry. We're going to kick ass over here. It's it but was like would, at heavy at HeavyCon. I I brought the my stupid game to play with Labrador and Grits and Will Cut and a couple other guys who played it at BGGCon. I figured I'm going to pull it out once. We're going to play it. You, you're like, well, you know, we got a guy here. I need to get him over and play this so that this guy might sign it and so on. And so I had no illusions or any of that stuff. And you're working it behind the scenes. not even your thing. But that is stuff that I, I never would have done. Isn't that what you do though. for friends? Isn't that what you do for friends? I, I'm not saying that it's not, but I'm just telling you that's the difference. So I do the Dre part where I'm doing all the creative part. And you're you're like, oh, yeah, it's creative. It's good. And I'm going to be creative about getting this thing to a table in everybody's house. And that's what you did. So, you know, uh, in 2029, I, I mean, this will be on everybody's table. Um, dude, I'm so stoked about that. I, 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 you know, it's funny when I heard when I heard that episode and you talking about it, man, I was near tears. Seriously. <laughs> laughing at me. I, Shut up. I was in tears <laughs> for sure. That uh, you I were was so excited Oh, oh yeah. yeah, dude! I, it was a big deal. Yeah. I, I so people didn't hear how nervous I was. I have there are a few things in my life that I have experienced where I was more nervous than that. Like that was top five most nervous I've ever been in my life, including being in boot camp in the really? Marine Corps. Okay, uh, truly, and here's why: because. Here I am asked to show this game, not by you, but asked by by Eagle, by Alex, to show them the game. I mean, even though he got a chance to play it at HeavyCon, he wanted me to show him the game so his production team and everything there at Origins. And dude, that's somebody else's baby that like I if I screw this up, that it's possible that I butcher it so bad that everyone's like, wow. 
that is horrible. Why would you even bring this? And I, do you know how much pressure that is? How terrifying that was for me? <laughs> Ask Amanda. Mm-hmm. I was. He was a mess. Oh, it was horrible. Well, you should have called but me before, it, and I would have told you, "Don't worry about it." Just yeah, don't shut worry up. About whatever. It. It exactly. Matter. There's that Catholic it's not guilt. That big of a right? deal. You just see, go and and do it. The funny thing is, so you're talking about how you know, oh, hustle this, hustle that, always work in this and that. But dude, what people don't know, well, that's not true. I think I think some of our listeners realize this. How how much self-doubt I have within myself that I am terrified of failure, terrified of it. And I there I'm not going to say I'm not bipolar. Let me stress that. He is a Gemini, though. <laughs> I, I very much am my sign in a sense that it. there are days to where, like, I want to cry because you either you read something online or, you know, the for some reason things aren't well received or, you know, something that I've been working really hard on just flops or whatever. And terrified dude the the level of self-doubt and it's not that i'm putting on some kind of false confidence or anything i just i have an inner circle of people which present company included obviously amanda you you know travis brandon other folks that i can really let my guard down and really tell you know my 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 legitimate fears of of it not working out and so I think that that's part of what keeps me as hungry and as driven mm-hmm. as it does is I am terrified of, I mean, being the kid and, and having my dad tell me, yeah, I knew you'd never make it. I knew you'd never succeed. So, and so that's always in the back of my head. So yeah, I'm always terrified of that. You've dude. got that drive and you're terrified of the failure, which I think is people in the minority god we're getting philosophical here seriously we're going super deep on this aren't we if 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 i diagnosed myself i i would think that maybe i'm more in the majority majority and i think that's the difference the difference between creatives who are able to do the hustling and and be a little shameless about things you're more terrified of failing so my terrifying if i really had to you know gun to my head i would say well i'm probably terrified of succeeding a lot of people stop because they're terrified of actually succeeding. So, you know, I bring the game out and people like it. Oh, well, then I'm responsible to go forward, am I not? Or I just put it on a shelf and people say, well, where is that thing? Bring it out again, right? So as opposed to when nothing's on the line, you don't have to worry about succeeding or failing. But when you got things on the line you you know you go one way or the other and i don't know travis could probably tell us more about this from his introvert uh, i i think uh, you're probably spot on on that yeah but what i think some 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 of the introverts don't understand is us extroverts we have the same fears we we just oh big time we and we feel the same ways about things and we don't understand what a lot of introverts tell us oh i'm introverted yeah well then why do you engage so easily we just we, we feel like there's no difference in all that. So everybody has the fears. Everybody's walking around looking at everybody else in their underwear for the most part, imagining, <laughs> oh, how ugly are these people in their underwear? I can handle them. We're all doing it. Um, 
and no, I don't know anybody who's who's just, uh, um, you know, easily easily says, you know, you know, uh, well, no, I don't want to go down that road. But the people who 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 don't have the fear and think that they're greatest thing in the world, they're the people we don't want to be around. <laughs> you know, there's something to be said for that. And I, the fascinating part about this to me is, I mean, I know me, I know you. We're both real genuine guys but we the way we come across is completely or i guess our fears are so diametrically opposed to one another that yet you and i are very similar in the way we are just our personalities and it's i I, and they're both sincere but they're completely 180 out i think that's that's crazy how weird are people Mm -hmm. how weird are we and then everybody really, thinks really we're weird. just jerks. So right. Well, there's that. Well, there's some out there that just will well, not be convinced otherwise. Well, they're six three and they're forward and direct, so they must be jerks, right? So and and the funny thing is, is us extroverts, there 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 are days to where I really need a a lot of a break from people. Oh God, yes, yeah. There's times when I see people post on Twitter about. You know, oh, I have this and this and that. I'm like, dude, I'm feeling the exact same way you're feeling. So yep. I don't think it's, you're actually that much different than us. So and and, and the <clears throat> funny thing about that is, is like a lot of people don't think that about us extroverts. Like we just go, go, go. Like we're the Energizer Bunny, and no. we don't ever need that that downtime. And man, that is such a misnomer. Yeah, but yeah. We Here, have, here's Jim. Let's wind his organ. Let's get him to clap. I mean, there's times <laughs> I feel like, oh, am I here to entertain you? Okay, you know, <laughs> let's have him do another rant. Let's get him all, all off on a rant or anything, you know. So, I mean, really, there are times people just on demand. Hey, come on, give me a rant. All right, uh, all can right, we just well, play the game? I'm just going to take this move here, if that's okay with you, and I'll be quiet, <laughs> planning my next turn. <laughs> Now, if I really have to entertain, uh, I guess I will, but I'm hoping that we can just, you know, have a nice quiet game this time around because I'm, you know, I'm three scotches in. I'm kind of mellow. Right. So, uh, I remember that night you and I sitting around in your living room just chilling, talking about life. That was a great just, weekend. That was way was. too short, man. Mm-hmm. I agree. We will so, have to remedy that. Yes, yep. But absolutely. dude, did this take a left turn or what? It Let's get did. these people into talking about or hearing about Essen. I mean... They don't want to hear anything about this, do they, anymore? <laughs> <laughs> who's who's left listening? Um, yeah, so, cricket, yeah, we cricket, should probably, cricket. you know, get them into Essen at this point. Uh, Five-hour episode. Yeah, four-hour episode. They're, they're going to call us Secret Cabal West. Well, we could always <laughs> cut it in half again. I mean, that whole idea to cross-promote, or we could just not annoy people and leave it. I think we probably ought to not annoy people. And so, so we should explain that to folks that we discussed. How do we release this right to, to help out both shows, right? Do we release like the first half on one show and the second half on another show or something like that? And then Eric got the spreadsheet out and did the deltas and figured out all the formulas and the algebra. And then Jim, the guy who's the jerk said, why would we annoy people splitting it up? Yeah. That would just piss people off. Mm -hmm. Like, really? You want me to subscribe to that other show? Right. Right, that other show exactly. coming from either direction, right? Yeah. The three thousand from yours and the one from ours who don't want to go <laughs> <laughs> the other way. Exactly, we're All looking. Right. I'm looking out for those people. I'm sure they appreciate it. Yeah, they don't. So, <laughs> Amanda, you want to lead us into Essen? Hmm. <laughs> 
Hmm. I wasn't there, and I was asleep in another room as opposed to last year when I was asleep at the microphone. So enjoy the boys talking about Essen and what games you're looking forward to playing and getting and talking about and seeing. Big thank you to our sponsor, BoardGameTables.com. If you're in the market for a customized, one-of-a-kind board game table, go check them out, BoardGameTables.com. There's music. It's like our show, not your show, where you right. have a proper introduction because so your wife is So why is it again hmm? that you guys aren't going to Essen? Oh, this is a surprise question. We didn't talk about this why at all. Why aren't we going, aren't to, we going Essen? to Essen? Who the hell wants us at Essen? No. <laughs> what, you want? Do you want to go to Essen? Uh, you know. Sure. Someday. Sure. Someday. Oh, Probably okay, in May so or June. All right. No, but well, I'm first off. Serious, well, first off. Oh, go ahead, because we've done our introductions on our own show. But go ahead. <laughs> we'll get there. <laughs> this is show. You can't do that, by the way. You what? cannot sit there and laugh and move off the mic and laugh. Oh, no, no. Because yeah, then yeah. people oh, are no. wondering, Usually what's the I'm, dead space? Laughing, well, that's Edward laughing, laughing under his table. <laughs> he disappears out of the screen on the, on the uh, Skype right, thing, right, and I he's won't, under won't. his table there. All right, go ahead. So, so hey, I'm Edward. Hi, I'm Heavy Cardboard. <laughs> That's Edward from Heavy Cardboard. I'm Jim from Punching Cardboard, and you are who? I'm Eric from Punching Cardboard. Okay, hey guys. do we have any baristas in here today? No, no I left no them baristas. at home. Okay, they were tired after the list generation activities. And uh, and speaking of list generation activities, how long did it take you oh. to put together your lists? Uh, I was I was 10 a.m. I'll let you know when I'm done. 10 a.m. to 6.30 <laughs> Six, okay, six so, so my eight hours today isn't yeah. abnormal. I didn't, that do that. Feel I didn't do it like him. He was supposed to do it, and then he was supposed to get over around two, and we were going to play a game. How'd that work out? Yeah, he was like, you should just quit on your list. Yeah, just It's not that important. Don't make a good <laughs> list. Come over and play a game. Oh, no, which, hold, I, which I, hold I just on. I turned on the do not disturb on my phone. Hold on here. <laughs> oh, Eric took this real serious. <laughs> last night, what did we say last night? What did you say last night? Hey, can we play that uh, I'm making a president tomorrow afternoon? I can be here around two. I can did, we play yeah, that? Yeah, did yeah, you did say, say that? I did, but right. I didn't know what I was about to get into. I mean, 10 a.m., uh, poured the coffee, opened the list. It's like, oh my God, I got yeah, a lot so of work I. to and do. And then at about 2, 2 p.m., I had 25 or so on the list. I said, I'll figure it out while we're on the air and you know i'm ready to play a game where are you so too funny i ended up with something like 135 through a first pass okay yeah. kind of and then and then narrowed it down from there there are some legitimate games that are not going to make the lit the top 10 this year you guys but, you guys are hilarious because i started and there was like three after my first pass and i really i got a grow there are going to be many that don't make it that should have but there's also right that's all i'm kind saying of level right? of disappointment with this year's list so, i'll say so but, essence Essen. So, oh, he wants to know Essen again. We're back on yeah, Essen. Okay. So, yeah, so... Are you, are you I, just rubbing it in that you get to go and we don't? Not a, a okay. stop. It's not a you get to go. Now, hold on. Well, 
I found a flight for Amanda and I yeah. round trip yeah. to and from Amsterdam. Yeah. Because we had a couple extra days that she was able to manipulate uh, a day off here for work on this end and a day off on the other end. So we ended up leaving a couple hour or a couple days early. So we're leaving the Friday before Essen, but 475 bucks round trip to Amsterdam. That's yeah. fantastic. From Denver. That's I mean, not bad at all. Frontier? I mean, that, huh? <laughs> Frontier? No, uh, Lufthansa. Oh, that's not bad at all. Oh, that's good. Not yeah. at all. And, you know, it's like a 14-hour flight there with a stop in a like a three-and-a-half-hour layover in Munich. Um, and then a 15-hour flight back with a uh, like a two-and-a-half-hour layover in Munich. And that's it. So it's, it's from Amsterdam to Munich to Denver straight and then vice versa or the, the opposite, whatever. Um, and the thing, the reason I'm asking 475 bucks round trip, we were sharing a condo with folks for 150 euros per person for five nights. That's 30 bucks a night or 30 euros a night. So it's not when people think, oh, you know, Essen is this huge grail, you know, bucket list type thing. And I'm like, dude, Gen Con is way more expensive. Oh, yeah. To go yeah. to. And it's not for you because you're flying from a hub. When we come out of here, we got to go through your hub or somebody's hub to get where we're going. I suppose that there's does nothing help. direct from sure. here to get to uh, to get to Gen Con or Origins or any of that, which is another reason why I haven't gone to those. That makes sense. Plus, plus, plus I'm going to take a guess. You fit in a coach seat, <laughs> <laughs> or they have you in the cargo hold. <laughs> i'll be honest that's that that is a yes we we do fly coach um you ain't flying business class for for 475 round trip no. i'll tell you that no no um yeah plus but it's all about what how motivated are you to get there so now I there's that you for i mean because ultimately it's a trade fair right i mean that's what spiel or essen is it's right. it's all about buying games right Yep. But, you know, also our dog and pony show over here is us screwing around, drinking whiskey, talking about a game and some music and stuff. Whereas you're putting, you know, you're, you're, you're the, you know, you put Tom Vassell to shame. Will so, you stop, Jim? So, I mean, you know, we don't need to go to Essen. I think for us, something like BGG Con or something where we're actually playing No, it's a, do you want to, to go to Essen? I guess ultimately If you're buying, I'll, I'll fly. <laughs> I reckon you would. So that'll be a stretch goal on your upcoming Patreon drive. Uh, <laughs> get Jim get and Eric Jim, get with Jim, us. Jim and Eric. Well, Eric won't go. Well, I'm so. going to take baby steps. I'm going to try to make it to HeavyCon next year. Oh, well, oh you know, wait, you, I you think, get that I think we heard year. about that last yeah, you year. You got to crawl yep. before yeah. you can walk. And I what know happened? we've heard this what before. Happened? What happened? All right. Well, <laughs> hey, two words. Show me. <laughs> all right <laughs> okay all right mr skull cap and beard all right what's going on uh, and what are we doing first here we've now right, so we've I, now bored the hell out of both audiences they don't know uh, they've all gotten off here and they're they're over on the low player count stream at the moment they said screw these guys i'll play solo games so <laughs> i thought it'd be fun to take a look back at How our top we 10 list last year. from last year all right so I don't know if these are good or bad. Like there, there are actually a couple of these that I never did end up getting played on my list, and so um, I don't know. You guys want to, you know, briefly go over? That sure. sounds great. Let's do yeah. it. Go Let's for do it. it. 
Oh, I go for it, Jim. Start us off. Oh, my list. All right, sure. my, my list. I'm looking at it here on our on our screen, and I had number one. What did I have number one? Innis. 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 Yep. Number one. Yeah, that got played. Uh, is it a number one? I don't think it's a number one anymore. It seems a little lighter than I expected. Although I think there's something there for it still. Uh, adrenaline. I moved to two for some reason. Very light, fun, nothing much. Fields of despair. It, uh, big. The one time I played. Three. The one time I played Adrenaline, it was it was fine. It was fun. It was enjoyable. Yeah, but, it was enjoyable. Yeah, I thought yeah, it was going to yeah. be a little bit more than 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 it was, though. I thought it would be a little bit more of the feel of running around on on a uh, shooter. Gotcha. Uh, you know, on a board or something. Uh, number four was Crisis. I have not played that yet. I tried to steal a copy that was in shrink, doing nothing on your shelves. When I left HeavyCon, you wouldn't let me steal it, so I haven't played For it. For the record, the reason it's in shrink is because we had the prototype and we ended up playing that uh -huh. for all of our plays. Yeah. So and you and don't we didn't like get... it, so send it to me. Oh, hush. It's not that we don't <laughs> like it. So hold on. It feels a despair. I know you're a big fan, yeah? Yeah. You're number three? That was my number three. Yeah, that could yep. have been number one last year, but I moved that down a little bit. Um, Adrenaline, actually, I, I remember pushing it up during the broadcast, going, ah, oh, I got to, that's my, that's my flyer. This one could be a lot of fun. There were two flyers on the list, if I remember right. Age of Thieves, which ended up nine, which you kindly brought me a copy of from well, SN last for year. Friends, right? Yeah. And, uh, and Adrenaline. And possibly number five, The Exiled Siege, which, uh, hasn't gone over that well, was incredibly expensive, did not get a copy. It went on sale for fairly reasonable price on fun again, and I just didn't pull the trigger on it. Gotcha. Uh, Bios Genesis. Ooh. The Colonists plus Ultra, which is probably the nicest surprise of the bunch. That is just a nice, tight little Euro that is that plays heavier than it is, I think. I, I uh, totally agree with that, yes. And Ava Roma, which I have not gotten a copy of, nor have had a chance to play. And I which, wanted to play that at HeavyCon, but I didn't get in a game of that because people were bugging that, me about my own game. Oh, yeah, so, right, which has subsequently been signed. Congratulations. Thank you. Uh, so Ave Roma was a big disappointment for was us. It really? Okay. Yeah, it really was. It. I was super, super excited about it. Um, I, I was all Jones in. Like, I got a copy at Essen. Awesome. Came back. Uh, Matt got a copy because he backed the Kickstarter, mm -hmm. and then we played it, and we it got voted in as a game of the month. So you're talking, you know, four or five plays on a Monday or a Friday. I forget which day of the week it was going to be. After two plays, everybody was like, "So do we want to move on to the next <laughs> game?" <laughs> hmm. So yeah, that that so um, our game of the month that, is whatever picked up that morning. But yeah, so Ave Roma ended up being a big disappointment for us. I don't think I've ever seen Ave Roma in traditional retail setting. No, it never. I mean, we visit a lot of the shops here in town. I've always, you know, I've kind of looked for that one to show up. I went through a period where I was like, "Oh man, I'd like to get my hands on that." I don't think it came over here to any online or anything. Yeah, and I wasn't ever motivated to go seek it out. I think it was. And on top of that, you guys have some really great stores in Portland, man. You guys yeah. have some amazing FLGSs. Yeah. I mean, we have some nice small ones and we have a big one that has everything, although they're not always great with their pricing if they know they're the only one sure. getting it. That's a little annoying, I think. Oh. You know, oh, yeah, this is hot. Well, what are we going to bump this up to? You know, and I, I just don't like that kind of gamesmanship in a store. I understand yeah. why people might do it, but it doesn't look good, I don't think. 
overall, I think the my one to ten is a pretty solid list of games, though. There's no uh, columnist There's no... was number seven. I would say the biggest disappointment out of the ones I played is BIOS Genesis. All right. You know, I think that's because that's it's fair looking at that. Not sure. really a game, is it? it it's an experience. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, and it took forever to get it to play. So. Oh, dude, that that game still terrifies me. Yeah. That that's a game that the rules intimidate the ever living hell out of me. All right, that was my ten. You want to go, Edward? You want to do yours, and we'll say sure. Sir, uh, yeah, Sir so, Eric's for last. I I didn't do I I'm do, I did mine alphabetically yeah, last year. After, I changed it for this year. Well, so no, I don't no, get no, 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 no. We didn't change it. It was supposed to be one to ten, and we got there, and you're like, yeah, I didn't do a one to ten. Okay. Yeah, my bad. Yeah. <laughs> All right. So I'll go through mine real quick. So the arrival, the Martin Wallace uh, reskin or reimagining, I guess. I played of that Mordred. Once. That was fine. Uh, yeah. Not great. Yeah. Um, it was it there. Was fine. It, it existed. Uh, next was Barcelona, the Rose of Fire. We had our that experience w- with that at BGG Con. We played that we together. That we was, learned that together. That, that was a bit of a disappointment, <laughs> to say the least. Yeah. Yeah, not, not good. So you could uh, say those Bio- were number 10 and number 9 on your unnumbered sure. list. <laughs> there you go. Uh, Bios Genesis. Well, we kind of already touched base on that. The Colonists was on here, so there's a winner. Okay, good. Great Western Trail, solid, good game. Uh, the next two I haven't played. Uh, Pax Premier's Kyber Knives. I didn't get to the expansion. Haven't haven't tried it yet. So have you guys? No, have not played that. No. I don't think I can okay. get him to play. I don't Pax know if Premier I would play again. that. <laughs> okay, all right. But the next one, uh, the next however, one I have played. The next one was a disappointment because this is one of five games that somehow mysteriously disappeared between wow. my bringing or getting them at what's your game and them arriving here in the States. They five games disappeared and the next one is one of them. And that's Phalanx from Bern Eisenstein, the same guy that did uh, Peloponnese or Peloponnese as well as... Um, Peloponnese, the card game. <laughs> yeah, that, uh, right. Yeah, right. Uh, uh, Panthalos. Thank you, Panthalos. I couldn't think of the name. There you go. So, unfortunately, I didn't pick up a second copy, so I can't speak to that. And then uh, the last two are Solarius Mission and Tramways. So, pretty solid list, I think, overall. Pretty yeah. happy with the way that turned out. Yeah. I did have three that were off the beaten path. The Flow of History, which was fine it wasn't as good as what i'd hoped for a civ game it really wasn't yeah. a civ game i saw you guys playing that at bgg and you you were kind of like eh, it's all right it's yeah. fine yeah. yeah uh and the other two were the fog of war um and ninja arena which i saw briefly at essen and i've never heard another word about so the fog of war. You have this the was, fog of this war. This was the one where you? we had the fog of war and, and fog, fog of war. Exactly. So is this the little wooden tank game, or is this exactly? The, no, it's it the is. little wooden tank game. It's not yes. the Jeff Engelstein stronghold fog of war. Correct. The game, one that ends up on your list, which is right. on my list, also called the fog of war. So. Ah. but I'll make that distinction. 
All right. <laughs> so, so overall, pretty happy with the way that list turned out, I think. Yeah, uh, so some solid. Two, some two solids. Solid How about them? yours? Did yours hold up? Oh, yeah. This is the best. We saved the best for last. <laughs> Number one, last. no mistaking, Feast for Odin. <laughs> the top of the list. So this actually was a pretty fun game this year. It did get good number of plays i think i got a dime out of it i know jim did we played it together mostly i played it solo um, which is the way you should play it in yeah, my opinion yeah i tried to play it with tina i thought well this is kind of a low tension puzzly game maybe she'll like it no she slapped it off the table um <laughs> but i've enjoyed it solo but i have found that you know if i have time for a solo game as of late with lisboa other good games i Sometimes I think of a feast for Odin and it's not coming down off the shelf. So it kind of ran its course. I think mostly because the central action board is fixed and it just gets a little bit stale with, okay, well, very samey. Yep. Yeah, right. I mean, I, I do like the puzzle board, but whatever. Okay, Solarius Mission, number two, the best rule book of the year, I must say. The clearest rule book I've read. Very funny, Eric. <laughs> Very funny. No, but a solid game. Solid dice We drafting. still love Uli. <clears throat> yeah, yeah. And it, it was a good game, so yeah. I felt good about that. Three, it was Martians, a story of civilization. I think this was Whatever like a Polish that, designer. Yeah. I'd never it, played it. It is, it. and there's actually a copy of it downstairs. We just haven't gotten to it. We got it out to the table. Okay. Um, I'd heard horror stories about how bad the rule book was. Right. So I got all mentally prepared to go through it. And then life happened, and yeah, we ended yeah. up putting it back into the box. This and- was a bit of a flyer for me, and I think the thing that sort of made me subsequently pull back on it was it's a co-op, a semi-co-op, and a, and a competitive game. You can play it any way you want. And it was kind of like, well, I don't know how that'll turn out. It'll be like a minivan <laughs> of games trying to be everything to everyone. <laughs> um, it turned out like 504 or 40, whatever that game Yeah, was, it could yeah. be. Yep. I don't know, but it, it didn't get played. Uh, four was democracy under siege which i think we were uh duped by a little bit i don't know if this was actually published i see it it's on the list again this year it looks like it's in a different format it's than it was last it's year finally ready to yeah. be published and it's actually dropping at essen this see, year legitimately right. i told you he's gonna have all kinds of information we don't yeah have. so it looks like well it does look like it's you know, been pared down a bit from what it was. So I think my interest levels dropped some, but this never came out as a published game that we could buy. Number five was uh, Days of Ire Budapest 1956. So this was a Kickstarter game that was coming out around Essen. I got it. It was a pretty good, solid solo game. I mean, it's kind of got a pandemic mechanic to it, but uh, it's a card-driven, you know, spend cards to play other cards, which is a mechanic I really enjoy. Uh, tried Jim's to play. shaking his head though. Well, I'm like, shaking my head be- he because I haven't played it, it. Because he he buys them and oh okay, it goes on the list. And then by the time we get together and play, it's been moved down at spot twelve because there's ten new ones in front yeah. of it. So it's gotten. Well, he, la- he laughed everything. when I said the I, name. I, I the- want to play it, but I'm laughing because <laughs> uh, yeah, I got a copy. Okay, cool. Yeah, that and was what he laughed at. It's man. like yeah, I got the game. I will say that you two make the most adorable couple, though. You really do. Jesus, all right. It's the era for it. Uh, um, so, yeah. The man's doing a solo podcast on his end, and he can make, okay, I got it. <laughs> I tried playing Not. this one with Tina, and it, sometimes it's, I don't know if it's like our dynamic in some games, so I don't really want to judge the game. I'd 
rather play with Jim, I think, but it was good <laughs> as a solo game. Uh, okay, okay, then Great right. Western Trail. So this one, it kind of hit on all cylinders, but it was kind of like uh, bubble gum or something. I mean, it was like the first five or six plays, man, this is great, but it just kind of fell off the map after five it, or six it, it plays. It does have a bit of... Like I've noticed, no one is super jonesing to right. get it back to the table. Everybody with our group. rode the wa- wave, and then the wave ended, yeah. and people went eh, okay. And it was yep, it was good, but it, you I know, can't it's really say what was wrong with it. I think it'll stay on your shelf. Yeah, I mean, for pull a while. out once in a while, and you go, oh, this is good again, and play. I it took it to work. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. I took it and, to work. And that's, thinking... that's that's why people who like, oh, if I haven't pulled it down off the shelf in six months, then I get rid of it. Now, I might want to play it in a year or two. I'm okay yeah. with having a bigger collection. Yeah, I'm okay right. with that. Yep. I took it to work thinking I might get it on the table there, but that was wishful thinking. Is, uh, is that that seems like an ambitious game to bring to like a work environment? He, he's, <laughs> was, a, he's a CEO. Don't do whatever entry, he tells them. It's at an this entry point. level euro to these people. They better play it, <laughs> <laughs> or they're fired. <laughs> it's, okay. it's good to be the king. Yeah. Okay, then seven was I guess fog of war, not the fog of war. This was the Engelstein. Uh, bluffing European World War II game a- Axis and Allies type theme, not not like the game. Which Axis you also picked up and said, "Hey, I got hey. this one," and I said, "Yeah, cool, let's play it." Yeah, I haven't seen it. I've, I've just dusted that baby last <laughs> week. It's still there on the shelf, <laughs> right. but it hasn't been played. Uh, All right. But I'm still interested in it. Inish number eight. That so that turned out to be like probably my most hated game of the year i I just did not like that did not sit well with me so he's Um, got the segment of the when things go bad that he has with his wife and his first play of it he we're playing and And tina was going bad for him and his wife is sitting next to us we're at a game store and he just bought he's like oh let's open and play it can you teach i'm like yeah we teach it and he about four turns in things aren't going the way he thinks they should be going and he's doing and she's on the phone on a phone call and she just looks over and she just starts laughing at him and then she gets out of her phone call and says oh that's funny you're doing what i do so, all right uh, so we'll move on from that uh it's gone to the auction pile number nine <laughs> is crisis so we talked about that so when you send that over include the martians a story of a civilization <laughs> copy yes sir with, Will with do. it okay uh or, and, or, or when you guys come for heavy con we can bust these out there yeah oh. let's do that let's I, do that I, I seem to have been at heavy cons where it didn't get busted out well, I'm sorry, Mister. I had to play my prototype a million no, times. No, I didn't. It was requested. I, that wasn't my plan. None of what happened he's, at your heavy counter was my he's plan. You had a plan. Idiots. I didn't have a plan. I didn't know you had a plan, but I didn't have a plan. All right. So number ten, tramways, rock solid. And then yeah. I had a few extras. The colonists. I played it solo. I'd like to play with more players because I think there's. There's a little bit of a subtle interaction there with blocking and things that you d- clearly yep, don't there see is. in the solo game. I'd like to play it, but I have found with that one that it's kind of an all or nothing. It's like four eras or nothing. I'm not really interested. Uh, uh, we, uh, I would be inclined to agree with you with one caveat. I would say that after you get a couple games under your belt and you're comfortable with how the first couple of uh, eras go, yeah, that I would recommend trying to i forget what the real term is but simulate the first two eras and then play the third and the fourth try that per the rules you just simulate it per the rules and it works well okay Mm. uh 12 was pax renaissance would love to play it still interested 
uh, love Ash's uh, rules teach teaching you. of that on your <laughs> exactly. uh, channel. He did a great job. I, you know, still want to play it. Oh, all this. Thirteen Oracle of Delphi. Oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> nailed that one. Nailed that one. <laughs> Seeing as we're only supposed to do a top ten, yeah, you're nailing yeah. things right now. Far Go East ahead. War, fifteen ninety two. Never played it. Fifteen Railroad Revolution, which I found to be quite fun, although light. But it was great with I, my sister, who's now, not a gamer. Now, to be fair, you also found Lorenzo Il Magnifico to be quite. Oh, fun, that so. was that was grand. Yes, yeah. that was yeah. the surprise. Yeah. Yeah, so. <laughs> <laughs> You're right. You're right, Edward. Lorenzo. <laughs> a little bit Just left over from being dinner. sick. <laughs> trying to keep down dinner. Still sick all. a little bit. <laughs> so all in yeah, all, it was it was a decent it was, list. It was but the third was best a list of... <laughs> by, 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 by objective standards. There's a couple misses there and a couple unplayed. But uh, yeah, I think we all have a few. I mean, inevitably, there's going to be misses because sure. all this is done on limited information, right? Yeah, exactly. Well, you're going to have more this year, though. I'm pretty sure uh, you have more information that. this year than you had last year. I, you know, you'd be surprised, but not really. When, it, but we'll get into well, it until yeah. you've so, played the games. It is a little bit of a blind oh shot. So, exactly. so then, you know, I mean, if we all played the games, this would be a review list, like at the end of the year. When exactly. We do that. Right. So, so, a couple misses are <laughs> a fine. Preview list. That's okay. right. Right. So, uh, without Amanda to move us along, I guess it's up to me, huh? <laughs> yeah. How's that going to work out? <laughs> yep. Hurting so that, cats. That was a good. Uh, I don't know. Twenty-five minutes or so of a review that could have taken five. Um, so what do we want to do? How do we want to do it? Do we have, we each have a top 10 list. Do we right. have, I mean, you, oh, oh, Eric says he's got level yes. one, level two, yes. level three, level yes. four also yes. rands plus level six, which is expansions. And oh, no, all that's this a separate that. level. That's a separate level. Yeah. Well, well said, you know, level I can't, I can't really fault him because I have a couple of like, yeah. And those, you know how um, to do it, Edward. So, so here's here's how I broke down mine. All right, is I have a list of about fifteen games that are not on mine because I feel like they didn't qualify for the main reason being they're either a reprint, so I, I kept all reprints off my list, as well as games that either have been limited releases up to this point and i have a copy already that i am not physically going and picking up a copy at essen um or something like that so i had a a list of that and then kind of like last year uh, i have these off the beaten path like i really want to check these out but these are going to be like super obscure stuff but i figure people kind of enjoy hearing about this this off the wall stuff so throw mm -hmm. that at the end but other than that i mean i i did pare it down to 10 but man i have a list here of like 40 games and legitimately there are 10 more that could have been on this list well they could so, be on our list hopefully we'll yeah. see how it goes i'm so really we curious wanna... now, we have not shared any of our lists no so this will be fun no. to find out uh do we want to just do the top 10s and then after that discuss any games that missed the yeah list i think or so expansions or do we want to yeah because then we if we start throwing in also rands yeah. now then somebody will go well it's on my list all right. right yeah yeah so and as we do this uh are we going to say like if somebody's number 10 is somebody's number two do we just hold up our hand or not nah, no nah, just go with just it go and we'll with talk it. about it then talk and, about and it then when, talk about it again if it's my number two Nah, if it's my number two, I'll be like, yeah, we talked about it back then. Whatever. Okay. Sounds good. So then if we get to the ones and they've all been talked about, that's very anticlimactic. 
Okay, the one being the exception. How's that? <laughs> but then if we make that exception, people know it's going to be the number one. Very unsuspicious. <sighs> Edward had the right <laughs> idea. We're going with Edward's approach. Oh, my Lord. I don't know how you do it, Eric. I don't know how hey, you do I it. Hey, I got you here now. It's two on one. We're doing hey. Edward's <laughs> You know what? I could be done with this. You could join their show, and I could, you know, go on with my life doing something else. All right, Jim, why don't you start I'll us have off? Dinger and... teach me how to make uh, dice trays, and I'll just make dice trays. We'll, we'll start a company. Uh, Edward, Jim, you start. Why do I have to start? All right. I got to moderate. I got to start. I got to record. I got to edit. You're ready to talk clearly. Why don't I just do this all by myself? Oh. Is is Jim in the mic? Jeez. <laughs> <laughs> Am I in the mic? Number 10. Number 10, I'm going to say the name of the, the game, and, and Eric's going to go, yeah, that's on my list. That's, uh, that's, up the, uh, that's up the way a little bit, so why don't we talk about that later? Uh, this is how I start, because I knew you guys were going to make me start. And number 10 is the Gaia Project. Also on mine. That's on my All right. list, yeah. So uh, go uh, for it. Go for it. Yeah. It's yeah. the Gaia project. It's, my... it's Terra Mystica in space, right? That's a start. Yeah. yeah. That, that, that's, no, no. That's so good... no, I'm gonna I'm gonna defer this one to you. And I think when we get to you talking about it, I think we're gonna go better because this so is your boy. Can, nobody this listening is your can game. hear you pointing. This is your game. This I'm hold my are you Ed, Me, Eric. Eric, Eric Edward. Yeah, I yeah. don't know. Some guy who, whose name starts with an E. I don't care. No, this is your game, Eric. All right, so so Jim, that's your number ten. That's going to be number my number seven, 10. and later up on Eric. So we'll cover that <laughs> later. Right. Fine, that's right. <laughs> Eric, go for it. Your ten. All right, All my right. number ten. Edward's now moderating. The Mister Potato Head of my list, Potato Pirates, is <laughs> Wendake, which is a game from Danilo Sabia. Artist is Alan D'Amico and Paolo Valerga, and it's published by Placentia Games. See now, so this is this is the first thing that caught my eye because Placentia, you know, as I was looking through this list, I mean, I was kind of struck by three disappointments from the Essen list. Number one, there's 800 games, but only a hundred-ish that I would even consider looking at. So it's like, wow, that's only a 12 and a half percent hit rate. That's not great. Second, you know, there are a lot of reprints, a lot of re-implementations. That was another theme I saw on the list. Setting aside that I saw millions of games that were five minutes or less or, you know, the 10-minute co-op, you know, I have no interest in. And third, of course, I was disappointed by no Brazil from uh, well, Paulo you know. and Nuno. I know it's coming, and I'm sure the fact that it's delayed is going to make it that much better. So I'm oh, happy oh, about you, that. Oh, maybe you haven't heard, because legitimately I know you've been busy in real life. So, um Brazil's actually getting kickstarted later this year. That's and right. The reason, yeah. F- yeah, because it's it's uh, the folks at What's Your Game, Veronica and Mariano, decided, you know what, this game needs to be a bigger game, and it's bigger than what they can publish on mm-hmm. their own. And so they decided to go to Kickstarter. So that's supposed to start up sometime. I want to say uh, they're shooting. I think last I heard around November timeframe. That's the start of the Kickstarter, roughly. I think so. Yeah. yeah. So I remember in your conversation with them, you were asking them questions about, you know, has there ever been a game you couldn't produce because it wasn't practical and things like that? Right. I hadn't quite gotten to the Brazil discussion, but I presume you circled back on that. So, um, but yeah, that's that's good news. But anyway, this Wendake, which is unrelated sort of to those three things I just said, my three disappointments, <laughs> it is related in the sense that 
Placentia has been a, a game company that are we still here? Has managed to pull <laughs> things off for me in the past. I mean, they, they do things a little bit different. Last year, uh, Kepler thirty forty two wasn't my yep. favorite game of theirs, but you know, it yeah, was all right. It was legitimately yeah. like, oh, this is kind of its own thing. Mm-hmm. Britannia, which I really liked. I know you guys are more indifferent to probably not Lorenzo level indifferent. I don't know. But Correct. I, Played it. Um, enjoyed it. Florenza. Is another one from them, so it's which solid. I enjoyed. Yeah, yes. yeah, they're they're a good game. So this Wendake is a uh, Native American themed game, which is at least from a historical aspect is near and dear to me. I don't feel like there's been very many good Native American central themed games, so maybe this will be it. But it takes place in the Great Lakes region, um, and it it's a kind of area control game that's driven by a unique action selection mechanism where you get four actions per round. When you select an action, your subsequent actions have to be in the same row or column or diagonal to one you've already picked in this grid. After you've taken those actions, the ones you've taken, the tiles flip over to reveal different actions. And then there's a kind of refresh of this three by three grid where the tiles shift down and the top row can either be refreshed with, the tiles that got pushed out of the bottom or new tiles can be added. And so you start getting like different actions coming into the game. It's an area control style game. You're trying to take over territory, gather resources. There's battling with, with uh, other players in the game. Um, and I think the it level exists. of research on this is yeah. impressive. Yeah, I, this is. Yeah, I he think, just wants to put us to shame. <laughs> I think this might be out because I've seen a couple videos about it. It was kickstarted. But in my rules for my list, I struggled with it. Well, if it's out, does it count? Uh, if it's a reprint, does it count? I made a few exceptions to those Follow your rules. Heart. In the end, I don't think anyone's going to yell at you. Yeah, good. Um, so that's what I did, and this one is the one that I put at my number 10 spot. So I want to try it. It was in my top 20, so okay, I'm looking great. forward to checking it yeah. out. So yeah, It wasn't even cool. on my radar. Okay. I must have missed it. You just started looking today, though, right? Yeah, about an hour ago. <laughs> he didn't get that right. far down the so list. So that's Wendake? Wendake from Placentia okay, W-E-N-D-A-K-E. Games. That's right. Yep. All right. So my number 10 is uh, probably not a big surprise to anybody that, that follows the show. Bios Megafauna, designed mm-hmm. by Andrew Dole, uh, Phil Eklund, and John Manker. It's published by Phil Eklund's company, which is Sierra Madre Games. It picks up where Bios Genesis ended and is a descendant of the older Bios or uh, Americana or American megafauna from uh, Sierra Madre Games. I'm intimidated by it, but I have reasonable hopes that it's more of a game than a experience or more than a simulation. Uh, I'm, I'm, I'm nervous that it won't be, and it won't be something that ever really hits the table because it is so not really a game. I, I kind of like how Bios Genesis is a experience, but how much of a game is it really? And I, that's the appeal for us with the PAX series because all of those games very much are games with the theme on that is super, super heavy on it, but they're games. Whereas Bios Genesis, eh, eh. So where does this fall? I don't know. So that's why it's number 10 and not higher. 
Well, I saw people playing at HeavyCon, and they were experienced with Biosgenesis, and their overwhelming response to this was, hey, it's the game that Biosgenesis should have been. So That's exciting to so hear. So it was a game so. for those people, at least. So, yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm a, that came close to making my list, but I think uh, because of Biosgenesis, I, I, I knocked it back a little bit. Plus, that it's kind totally of hard reasonable. to get some of these games out. I mean, High Frontier... When are right. we ever getting that out? <laughs> so it, you you don't stay as excited for the new ones because you've got a shelf full of the old ones that are shiny and still nice looking. And still new, yeah. And still right. new and still need to be played a lot. So let me get to those before I get to these. But, yeah, definitely interested in that. For no, I, okay. de- I feel cool. that same way with uh, – I don't feel as shallow now about kind of discounting it because of biogenesis because that really no, was I like, think that's oh my a gosh, reasonable I, thing to, yeah. to yeah, not 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 suffer from that that no, sounds no, that's the wrong but to I, make that association is not apprehensive sure yeah sure. i think that's natural and right? then the other way is you know i really want to play pax renaissance i think you've i had, had a chance that. to play that i, I have, have it, it. Oh. so you know <laughs> things like that and high frontier i'm sitting there with pax and high frontier it's like clearly i want these on the table before i look at this evolution of the game that made me punch holes in the wall <laughs> yes that's probably a good thing yeah. then yeah right all right so oh, we'll do we'll do serpentine like we did last year okay so i'll go okay. with my number nine that's you're always is, in the middle eric which is a game that i actually saw a prototype of at origins and i'm excited about obviously if it's on this list right and that's agra designed by michael keller yeah i got and that published i got by that Quinted further games. up the list okay yeah all right Go ahead, say um, what you need to say. All right, so it's a worker placement game with trading, resource conversion, and everything. But I'll be honest, here's the real real reason that I'm looking forward to this game is it's Michael Keller. Now, for those unfamiliar with that name, Michael Keller has teamed up with Andreas Odenal for two other games in the past, Lagranja and Solarius Mission. This, however, is him by himself. Correct. So I want to see how much... Where, where does he lie as a designer uh, and how much um, of those other games are him? And, and I just want to get to know who Michael Keller, the designer, is. And this is an opportunity to do that. Plus, that whole kind of tracking board, mm-hmm. the 3D tracking the board, board looks kind of cool. Yeah. yeah. So, so yeah, that's why I have it on my list. Number nine, number Agra. Nine, Agra. You don't have that one on your it, list. It's huh? up there. It's up yeah, there. It's but up it high. Didn't All make right. his list. Okay. Oh, it's on your list. It's on my list. Right. Yes. Okay. Cool. All right. So, Eric, you're up. Number nine. All right. Number nine. <laughs> in cell B eight is Elos. Which in cell is B eight. How is <laughs> so that? I'm nine? looking at my spreadsheet. I'm looking <laughs> I know. at my spreadsheet. So I don't know. I didn't, I didn't align the, the rows with my order. I mean, it just landed there in the spreadsheet, man. Yeah, he's got, <laughs> did I not text you last night and tell you he's got a spreadsheet with the deltas, getting the averages that's, between that's the points fantastic. and all that? <laughs> Eric, don't ever change. Yeah, so I, I'm you, not planning right. on it. How do you pronounce that in spelling? I'm saying Elos. I L O S. Okay. And All it's right. from Frederick Gerard or Gerard, artist Paul Maffeon. I'm getting all my difficult names out early here. Edward's and writing the, it down because he hasn't heard of it. And the, I'm trying to figure out. No, who I, ha- on the I have, but it was not. <laughs> yeah, I have heard of it, but it, it did not make my say top twenty or so. Yeah, the publisher is Labatajou, which is a French publisher. Yeah. 
So this game uh, kind of drew me in. It's got a little bit of a, I guess, depending on your perspective, the artwork may or may not uh, attract you. I would say it maybe has a little bit of kind of a days of wonder. I would go as far as like a five tribes type of look to it. But, um, you know, that's great. I love it's good artwork. It, it has a nice uh, tile laying exploration aspect in the center of the table but it's it's mostly it mostly reminded me of like an engine building card game like race for the galaxy where you pay for cards from your hand to do actions with other cards from your hand but it has the central board component where you're trying to increase your presence which lets you generate resources which then lets you do more things buy more cards pay for more actions and also has a uh, commodity speculation element so as you're gathering resources i'm always a fan of yeah it's it's hidden resources going behind a screen and then there's certain actions you can play to affect the market value of these resources that you've gathered through the game and at the end of the game it's just pure money whatever your resources are worth it didn't look like a super heavy game it looked like probably an hour or less type of game but it kind of struck near and dear to my heart the way race for the galaxy does and I really like the spatial aspect that's been added. So you always do well on pure for. money games too. Oh yeah, I love pure <laughs> money. It's great. <laughs> yeah. So cool. Elos, All right, so that's, that's it. Yeah. Elos. All right, Elos or Elos or Elos or I don't know. Yeah. I Elos. Elos. Yes. Elos. I went through that entire list. Did you did you use other lists? Because these are my Arkwrights. I must of have just passed over them because they were surrounded by a bunch of fifteen minute card games. Well, probably you got to look yeah. at every one of them. Was man. it right next to Cat Ladies? Probably. Or who do we eat first? Which which game was? We it have next to look to? up Labatage right. and see what else. Yeah, they're the, there out. are definitely a a lot of games that uh, do not interest me that are on that yeah. SN list. Yeah, it's hard. Something like almost almost eight hundred games. Yes, and yeah. It's like ten percent hit rate, or maybe hit. maybe fifteen. Yeah, yeah, I'd say about fifteen percent. It wasn't is, even that for me. I, I was right. maybe at five percent if we were lucky. All, all right. right, so you're number nine, Jim. <laughs> number nine, and then I'm going to eight too. So I got to get double double whammyed here. Uh, now I know you want to do serpentine. You don't want to follow him with all his research. So my. <laughs> <laughs> Again, uh, if you laughed out loud, no, people I'm, think I'm, I'm laughing actually funny, silently. Right? I'm, I'm we just, don't have I'm cameras <laughs> on. You could have a camera on Jim, you and then number upload nine. the film. Uh, number nine, number nine, <laughs> number nine. Uh, let's let's just play the White Album for the rest of the show. We're good, right? Sounds good. Yeah. All right. Uh, from designer, winner of the 2015 some contest by the Spiel des Jahres people or whatever. Uh, designer Sophia. Wagner. Or oh, Wagner. yeah, I know this one. Do you know oh, this one? Oh, sorry, Jim. Okay, great. Uh, artist Clemens Franz. You know him. He's get, he's getting around this year. Michael Menzel, published by about 6,000 publishers, including Spielweiss, Hobby Japan, Pegasus Spiel, Stronghold Games, and White Goblin Games. Uh, this is Noria. Um, mm. And I'm going against everything I believe in to pick this game. Because, first of all, it's a contest winner. And I just always, oh, God, it's American Idol. Of, of, but I'm assuming that this contest was a little more uh, discerning than American Idol. Uh, the, the one thing that really has gotten me interested in this game is the wheel, the action selection wheel, the three-tiered action selection wheel, which there seems to be a bunch of speculation about how it's actually going to work. 
best I can figure is you're going to get these discs that go on to one of the three sections and change what kind of actions you can take. And then these sections are going to rotate at different speeds. So I, I don't know exactly how you take your three actions. If you have to go up in a row, if you have to go around or how it works. Uh, it, there's a steampunk theme. There's islands in the sky. You're doing, I believe, resource exchanges. You're also trying to um, use, you're investing in something. There's just not enough information for me to really figure it out. But but I'm kind of hooked on it because it's getting a little tiny bit of buzz from when I was doing my research. And nothing was just slamming me in the face going, oh, you gotta, I got to be on your top 10. I got to be on your top 10. And I didn't have any flyers. Like every year I usually have a flyer on something. Right. Uh, Age of Thieves. I didn't have an Age of Thieves. I didn't have uh, a Plus Ultra this year. So this is kind of the one that I'm throwing in that spot. Um, so that's it. Noria. Hopefully, for, for me, we will get more artwork, information. The 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 fact who it is. I mean, the box cover is gorgeous. Have, well, not just that, yeah. but who you have two of the titans, right. Of board gaming, right. Artistry, right. With Michael Menzel and Clemens Franz tag teaming a game that has got to be that they they spared no expense, right? right? When well, it comes the other, to the artwork, the other thing with that is it doesn't look like you know typically what we see from either of those artists right I mean, it's not that hard to pick out a menzel or a clemens franz usually but this one well, this clemens one definitely franz only had... gets to do the same game over and over again so he's actually getting a chance to do something different That's on this right. one right to do... fair point there's got to be but... a dirty farmer somewhere in noria <laughs> <laughs> or, right and a dragon maybe hidden somewhere but i like the there. final <laughs> line of the uh the uh the intro to it additionally to ensure your investments bear fruit they also need to bribe politicians with knowledge so you must be trying to gain knowledge about certain things in this steampunk universe i guess it's some kind of steam universe and then you you want your investments so there must be you know some kind of stock market or something going on maybe i don't know but the rondelle is a hot thing nowadays and this looks like a triple type of rondelle where you get new discs and take old ones off and change what kind of actions you can take it I believe. it made my top it made my top 20 yeah. um hmm. plus a couple other things that it has going for it and again we're going off of superficial information on a lot of these so you you, you can only infer so much. Correct. And so the fact that it's, you know, it says that it can play in, you know, about a two hour time frame. Okay. That's a positive in my, in my opinion, as well as the weight rating, which you have to take with a huge grain of salt right. at this point on any of these, but it's, it, it says it's 3.4 out of five, mm -hmm. which that's, that's a pretty heavy game, you know, if it holds. So going off of this, it was in my top 20 for sure. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, it made my big list, but I basically discounted it in the first round because of the lack of information. I mean, it looked interesting, but I, I sort of just kept this list of, well, these are things I might come back to. That was one of them. Bribing politicians with knowledge does sound like clear fantasy. Okay. okay. All right, who's up? <laughs> Eric. <laughs> no, uh, no, I'm sorry, Jim. You're yeah, number yeah. eight. Number eight. Number eight. I'm going uh, down the. I'm, I'm throwing a fastball down the middle, people. This is it. <laughs> I've got a three and zero count at this point. I got to throw a strike here. I believe this is a strike, at least for some people. It may not be a strike for me, and I may argue with the umpire down the road because the history of this designer, uh, his games to me are a bit 
mm, don't really turn me on that much. But this one, this is one hell of a preface, by the way. This one's. Oh, <laughs> hold on, real. Hold on, before you get started, because right. people yell at us. I already that got last one. I already got started. That last one was third. Noria. Yeah. Yes. Oh yeah. There you go. Noria. Right. Yeah. By right, Sophia so. Wagner. 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 Depends on what part of Europe she's from or if she's You're from. You're number eight now. My number eight. Where was I? This is the greatest <laughs> fastball three o fastball. Yeah. Dwight Gooden coming down the middle here. So we've we've all taken a ride through the Panama Canal, so why not try the Suez Canal with Transatlantic? This is Transatlantic. Is it on your lists? Was it there? It, it is on mine. It's on yours. Yes. Okay. So it's Transatlantic. This is by Matt Gertst. Concordia fame, Hamburgum fame, Imperial fame, a couple other games in there Mr. as well. Mr. Rondell himself. Mr. However, Rondell himself. this game does not have Correct. Rondell. That excites me. Uh, it sounds more like it's going to go the card route of Concordia, but it sounds yeah. like it might be actually more interesting than Concordia, and I have no problems with Concordia. Artist is Dominic Meyer. Publisher is BD, PD Verlag, or Rio Grande Games here in the States, I believe. Uh, it's a game driven by cards, so you'll, you're going to love that, Eric. Yes. You play a card, you execute the related action. As new cards enter the game, you build individual decks with these new cards, new improved possibilities. You've got to manage your merchant fleet and supposedly you know, get them through that canal, deliver your goods, whatever you have to do with these things. It has some neat-looking cards of the ships that I saw in Yeah, the, the ships look fantastic. The artwork uh, looks great on this. Two to four players... It, it's it you know i enjoyed panamax i liked panamax i'm hoping this might be a little better than panamax so it can get to the table more often for me it's it's been three years into waiting because it kept getting it was supposed to come out two years ago mm-hmm. or you know a few a few essence ago and then it got delayed again last essence and now it's finally supposed to be coming out this year uh i, I like the idea of managing your fleet and doing it more efficiently than your opponents um and I like the line that it has that describes it. Low luck, lots of interactive choices, and tough decisions. Correct. That's pretty much right in our wheelhouse. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Although this one ranks as a three on weight. So it sounds like it's it's a midweight game, but will play heavier than it's than its punching weight. And that's kind and of it, a Mac. It, I'm kind of thinking it, you know, yeah, Concordia is a midweight game. Right. That 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 you know, some people really, really want to get back to the table over and over and over again. And I think the new maps for that have really enhanced it from what I understand. I don't get to play it much. You had it. You sold it. Yeah, I had it. I sold it. So I had, you know, this one was early, an early contender. It did fall in my top 30, um, otherwise defined as stage three. But um, it. Uh, this is awesome. I was kind of frothing over transatlantic, um, but then I thought about it and I was like, okay. Well, first I was thinking, oh, it's kind of like Concordia and Navigador, maybe mixed together. And I was like, oh, it yeah. actually the the board itself reminded me of a lot of Navigador. Yeah. Yes. So then I was like, oh yeah, but I haven't played Navigador. Yeah, you haven't. And then I was like, we played Imperial. I kind of liked that, but you, liked you it didn't better than care I did. for I did not. It. Yeah, and we haven't played it. Again, I've played Hamburgum, which Concordia I did not love. bored me kind of. I liked on the Concordia base map. went a little too long for the game, and we I played, had a couple games with AP playing, prone AP. people. Yeah, yeah. Um, so then I was like, maybe I don't love Mac Gertz, so it <laughs> fell off my list. But 
you know, I'm certainly willing to try it and want to try it out. Yeah. So my it was down my list and it moved up, moved up, moved up, and I actually kicked some things that I was unsure of off to put this in there because, like I said, it's my fastball down the middle. I don't think yeah. it's going to be. You're going to like it. People are going. People are going to like it. Yes. If I it's, don't it's like go- it, that's fine. They're all going to like it, and then I don't get blamed for saying a crappy game that I like and they don't like. So <laughs> this is my safest pick on my safe pick. I, I would say. I, I I actually put it on here for the simple fact that I do enjoy Concordia. Speaking of which, there's a, a couple new maps coming out this year. Yep. For, uh, Egypt and I can't remember what the other side of it is. It's a very small location but anyway um i enjoy concordia i i really enjoy navigador and when i saw the map even though i'm sure they're going to play completely nothing like one another the fact that it just i have a good rapport (laughs) between me and matt gertz's games and the fact that i kind of got a little fatigued waiting for this game though Hmm. I'll be honest, uh, the because oh hey this new Matt Gertz game oh just kidding it's not coming out this year oh hey it's uh, no it's not it's not coming oh hey it's coming back out and so you're at like all right and when? so that I feel like that that at least to me negatively affected my expectation or my anticipation well, for yeah, the game you get excited for something if it doesn't happen you learn to live with the disappointment and then when it finally does you basically like oh okay kind of moved on a little bit that said i have it higher on my list so there's that oh it is on your top 10 so there you go it is all right sometimes it helps to think about these delays as wow they must really be play testing the bleep out of that thing yes it's gonna come out and it's gonna be right you know which we want right exactly but we we look at fault them if you look at other industries like maybe the movies or something usually a delay means oh that's not going well (laughs) could be (laughs) and so i don't know smaller and more in the right guys can eric there's so much more yeah All right, so yeah. I guess I'm on to number Go to hell, eight. Edward. Number <laughs> I love eight you, Jim. for me now is uh, kind of writing on the back of uh, the publisher. Although I, you know, I haven't had 100 percent success with this publisher, but you know, in general, it's it's been pretty good track record. And this game is Kalimala from designer Fabio Lopiano, artist Harold Liski. And published by ADC Blackfire, mm-hmm. associated, of course, with the good man Uli Blenemann from Spielworks. Mm-hmm. Also higher on my list, and I've actually played this one. Okay. So, okay. so this was in the spot where Transatlantic is now. <laughs> Before we started, I kicked it out for Transatlantic. <laughs> okay. Yeah. All right. Um, so do you do you want me to speak about it, or do you want to? No, Eric? I'm going to keep talking. <laughs> Um, it's an economic, awesome. it's an economic game about, uh, Florence cloth merchants. And, uh, in addition to participating in this European cloth economy, um, you're also helping to generating resources, helping to donate to the great works of Florence, the buildings there. Um, 
And there's kind of a unique action selection mechanism here. And I am going to want to hear your word on this in a minute, Edward, but give me a minute here. Um, we have nine locations. I'm sorry, folks. We're out of time right now. <laughs> Thanks that for are tuning random, in. Randomized uh, what action is located there. I don't know if there are more than nine in the box, but nine are on the board. Just nine. Okay. And then you place discs between two of these locations on the grid and the player who places their disc gets to perform both actions in any order they choose. There's also an ability through various mechanisms of the game to gain action cards, which are an additional way to basically do additional actions because you can play as many of those and uh, before or after your turn as you want on your turn. Um, and then as other players are doing their actions, uh, if players stack their disc on a disc that's already out there in the action selection area, they get to do the two actions, but also the disc below that player gets to do it. And there's also like a wild disc, if a white disc. So if I place my white disc, I can do both actions twice, but I won't get to follow a future player stacking on top of me type of thing. But the thing that I had me wondering, I'm interested to hear about, because this is an example of reading the you know, reading about the game versus actually playing it is when four discs are the fourth dick disc is stacked in a particular location on the action board. The bottom disc gets kicked out and triggers a scoring tile. And there's 15 scoring tiles, I believe. And they occur in, in the specific order that they're laid out in. So as you're playing your action selection is basically dictated by the upcoming three to four scoring tiles that might be there. But when I read about that, I was a little worried that, uh, that could take a while. I mean, there are only, there's the nine actions. I don't know how many spots that equates to, but how, how long does it take? What to you're get... saying is you're worried that you won't be able to exploit that. Like you're, drooling over right well, now. Well, yeah, I mean, if it's if you have to have four discs stacked before you trigger one of 15 scoring tiles, that has to happen 15 times before you get to the final scoring. So I just thought, gee, is that does that take a while for that to happen? Does it take longer than it should? I don't know, but as somebody who's played it, Edward, I can, I'd I can like to hear I can shut him up so you can talk, like Edward. What, oh, uh, what he's it's saying truly, is pour more was, whiskey. That was an amazing description of the game, actually. That y you nailed it. I mean, that was really well done. I know I forgot um, the, the area control in the cities of Europe, but that's, yeah, that's that, a detail. That, it it really is. the The hook of this game is all about the uh, it, it, before the game starts. You scramble up the the nine tiles, and where they go is random every game, mm. and so that's going to change up. So it's just those same nine, but. Like you said, the hook of this game is the placing of the discs in between two of the actions so that you get to do both actions. But the really cool part is the stacking to where, yes, you get to do this, but then you trigger everybody below you getting to do those extra actions as right. well. And the game, honestly, I think it took us now, we played it four players. Uh, it was... Uh, me, Uli, because he had the prototype at Gen Con, uh, Adrian from Mile High Game Guys, and Uli, uh, his buddy Kristoff. And all of us, it was all of our first game except for Uli, and I think it took us 60 to 75 minutes total for the entire game. Okay, that's so not bad. It, no, it is not. It played in what we felt was a, or what I felt was a really appropriate time frame. And 
it accelerates the the game it takes a while before you start doing any scoring because you have to get four high hmm. on any of the actions now it's possible that in the first round one of those triggers because everybody wants to do that action probably not going to happen but there's a definite ramp up because it takes a while all of a sudden you have two discs in everywhere then maybe you have a lot of threes and now once you have threes boom 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 every time a disc goes down a scoring triggers Okay, that makes sense. So they accumulate, of course. They do. So yeah, you might take a while to get the first one, but you could trigger four in a row over four placements in a row Absolutely. Once, yep. once they're stacked up. Okay, that's, that seems like a, that would also be a neat dynamic. Of it, it really, really is. I, was, I have played uh, a number of ADC Blackfire games who Uli, he picks out all the games uh, to publi- that for ADC Blackfire to publish. And when I interviewed him, actually, he went into more detail about this, how he determines whether it's an ADC Blackfire game or whether it's a Spielworks game. And he said, honestly, this could have gone either way, Hmm. Um, even though it's a shorter playing game than like, I mean, it's nothing like an Arkwright or anything. Like I said, it's about an hour, hour 15 or so. But that said, this is bar none, far and away, the best game that ADC Blackfire has put out, including Craftwagon and everything else that I have played at least. This is, now it helps that ADC Blackfire is going to be hosting us at Essen, so I don't have to run in hurry to go get a copy of this. That said, if they weren't, this would be one of my first stops. This is really, really high on my list. I've already played it, so I know how good it is. It's it's not going to be a very heavy game. I mean, like I right. said, it's 60 to 75 minutes. Um, but that said, it was thoroughly, thoroughly enjoyable. Everybody at the table was like, yeah, very, very cool. And actually, Clay was watching us play it. And he was like, dude, that looks really cool. I'm like, <laughs> yeah, it really kind of is. This is, yeah, it's a really good game. Really enjoyed it. Um, so that's the one game that's on my list that I have experience with and highly recommended definitely Kalimala. yeah so i think that one with that knowledge would probably have been higher i only had that reservation about how that works so that but that well, my sounds resi- clear my reservation the reason it came off is because i thought well it's just possibly i mean i like craft wagon but you know it wouldn't be a top 10 of something right. i'm looking for so I'm, i was thinking well okay adc blackfire is more of a mid you know lighter weight stuff Yep. All of that. So, you know, and that doesn't mean that mid and lightweight games. I mean, we've been enjoying several of those lately, like Champions of Midgard and things like that. So, but, um, so I, you know, but you only have 10 spots. Yep. Makes so. sense. All right. All right. So, so that, that was your then, eight. I guess that was my number my eight. Number that eight. was Kalimala. My number eight is a game that. I'm excited about because of the designer, but I'm apprehensive about because of how heavy the dice and the negotiation is in this game. And that's John Company, designed by Cole Worley and published by Sierra Madre Games. I've played this game once, but it was so early along in the prototype mm-hmm. form. The game is drastically different, so I can't really speak to what the game is like now. There were a number of these played at HeavyCon, and I'm sure, Jim, you saw some of the games going on. Yeah, I saw them. Um, and to be honest with you, I, I basically just 
copied what they have for the description of the game, and I think that'd be a better job than me fumbling my way through it. So John <laughs> Company attempts to tell the story of the British East India Company from the inside out. Players will steer their dynasties through the company's history, vying for position, power, and prestige. The goal of the game is simple. Use the company and the company's trade to secure your place in society back home. To this end, you guide your scions through their careers, exchanging favors for positions in London or plush colonial posts. Players collectively control the company, facing tough budgetary decisions and conflicting interests. Now, Cole, some people were really turned off by the amount of die rolling and how much randomness that can be in the game because of it. So he has made a variant that removes a fair bit of the dice rolling from the game. It's not the game he intended to make, but he put it in for those that want that. My big issue is negotiation games, I have to have the right group and our normal group of 10 folks or so that are in in the core of our game group, negotiation games aren't a huge it's just not the right group dynamic for it and so that's what makes me more apprehensive than the game itself it's just my ability to actually do much with the game with the right group that makes sense i tell you i'm getting blank stares so i I assume it's not on either of your lists uh no it's in my radar it's not quite on my list there's been a lot of hype for that game there was a ton of hype at heavy con there are people around who have hyped the game a ton there is the random element of the dice it did seem that it did need a group of people willing to do all the things you need to do in the game so you do have to write a group of people but it also seemed like it needed five four five six people to have a good game of it it's not a not a game you can do with two or three people i don't think from what i was gathering they seem to have a full table every time they were playing it it uh I mean, I was intrigued. I would have liked to have tried it, but it's not something that has blown me away on, oh, I've got to go get this. Yeah, I, I would want to try it, but yeah. I think one thing that makes it difficult with a good negotiation game is you do need those five players, and it can be a little bit hard to come up with five people that are really, really on board with the negotiation. Also, negotiation's tricky because in some games, negotiation blows up the game length significantly. I don't that, know if that's that the case certainly here. can be the case. They yeah. were having marathon sessions of that. That's for sure. Yep. Yeah. yeah. And then of course, you know, my old is it negotiation or extortion? Um, <laughs> I like to I like to be able to create well, when win-win. you're playing it's extortion. I like win win deals in negotiation. Yeah, I don't like, like you'll do this deals. or I'm gonna kill half your trade supply, you'll be nothing. If you don't do this, I'm gonna kill you in two turns. I don't know. I mean, so it depends on the style and whether there actually is the ability to to negotiate, as I would call it. Um, but I'd be interested in trying it. I know uh, one of our friends, uh, friend of your show that you've met in uh, HeavyCon, has been touting this game in the area lately, which, you know, is kind of maybe, I don't know, maybe it's had an effect on my willingness to play. I haven't been around him enough, but I'd play it. Well, he's he uh, speaking of Andy. And oh no, no, that's not that's not a friend of Eric's. Who are you talking about? <laughs> he, uh, talking about. he's uh, he no he's he's, he's there, a there's a proponent. group of folks within our our Slack channel that also have been speaking very highly of it. And I yeah. I mean, there's a reason it's on my list. Plus, after having played 
in Infamous Traffic, uh, the most recent game from Cole, and being really enamored with how clever and opaque that game can be. And again, opaque being a compliment in this case, I'm willing to basically give all of his games a shot sight unseen until he proves to me otherwise that I shouldn't. Like it took me a while for Uwe Rosenberg, but I learned. And Cole, <laughs> Cole is two and zero oh in my book with Pax Premier and an infamous traffic. So of course that's going to be on my list here for sure. So that's John Company, my number eight. Okay, your number seven. What do you think you're done? Number seven now? No, no. My well, my number seven. I'm not going to talk about yet since it's uh, the, uh, one of the big ones for well, Eric. What was your number seven again? Gaia Project. Oh, Gaia Project. Yeah, it's let's save list. that for Eric. We got to save that's that. That's fine. You want to no see worries. me froth? It's out of respect for your love for <laughs> Terramistica. So actually, that may surprise people that I have Gaia Project in my top ten. Because you don't like Terramistica? It's not that we don't like it. It's fine. It's just I don't like the fact that the factions are unbalanced to a point to where you have to bid for the factions to, you know, this and that. That that's my real big or that you're issue forced with to it. play exactly what the faction tells you to play. That. All right, guys. <laughs> and so guys, guys, guys. So hold oh no no no. Do no, I need no, to no, school no. you? No, so what I'm trying to say is the fact that I'm willing to give Gaia Project a, a fair shake here. Yeah. I have it on my top ten and I saw it at Gen Con and had some things described to me, and I was like, okay, that sounds pretty cool. Maybe so, it solves yeah. the problems with Terra so, Mystica. Plus, it's Gaia Project, space, right? my number seven. We'll talk about it in a bit. So, Eric, what's your number seven? All so, right, I'm going to go Project. With... <laughs> Gaia Project. Uh, <laughs> I'm going to go with, uh, I think this is my number seven. Am, am I mistaken here? I don't I'm know. Not. No, what, you're right. You're what number cell seven. is it in? Is it in yeah. B6? This is in B29. <laughs> And it kind of goes with the name, it, the, at least the numbers bookend part of the title of the game. I have which no is, idea how the spreadsheets are set up. The game is Pulsar 2849. Okay. Not too far off of Also B29. in my top 20, not B29. in my top 10, though. Yeah, yeah so this is uh, designed by Vladimir Suchi of Shipyard and Last Will fame, which, you know, I've had a decent track record with him i had more fun with shipyard than last will but same here um you know solid he's worth giving a look artist soren medding and this is published by czech games edition so this is kind of a return to i think the czech games heavy euro mm. type of environment which it's actually been a while i think the last heavy one you know they've been busy with code names the last heavy one that I remember was Alchemist, which I didn't love. Same, um, yeah. <laughs> you did. I, I was love, not a fan. I, did not love I thought you were going to flip the table halfway through that episode of Alchemist. <laughs> I'm trying to be polite. It was. It was a bad night. You did love it. Yeah, it was better than Inish. But um, oh God, no, <laughs> no. So, Pulsar. That was, that was only because there were more people there, and you didn't really want to go off on it. Yeah, it was. It was a dark room with an app. I, I don't. Yeah. I don't want to remember it. <laughs> uh, what am I doing? Why do I have to touch? This? I don't want to be on my phone. Why are we playing this? <laughs> All right, moving so this on. Is a, this is a big interconnected euro. It looks like um, it's a dice drafting game with kind of movement and exploration on a central board in space. And I don't know what too much to say about it. There's a tech tree. And we draft dice. And there's kind of a cool me mechanism where 
a bunch of dice are rolled at the beginning of the round and the, the middle uh, median value dice of the pool determines how many spaces forward the timer of the game moves. So, you know, depending on the die rolls, the game can be longer, accelerate or, or not, right? Probably, yeah. probably over all the rolls of the game, it probably evens out to be about the same, but it kind of reminded me a little bit of the, uh, the, time track and in, in Trajan, although it's unrelated, but kind of, you know, same idea a little bit there. So yeah, it's dice drafting in space. We saw that last year in Solarius mission. This looks like a different style of game than Solarius mission, although it is dice drafting in space. And now I'm going to lean on you two fine fellas to fill out the rest of this review. <laughs> I really don't have all... to fill out it. it. I looked at it and went, eh. and then moved well, on. For, for me, um, Paul Grogan speaks well of it. And I'm smitten with dice drafting. I really, that is one of my, I I found that the more I find, the more I encounter it, the more I enjoy it. And yeah, I'm plus Vladimir Suchi. I absolutely love shipyard. So yeah, uh, sign me up. Like I said, it was on my short list. It just missed my top 10. It's definitely in my top 20. It's not on mine. All right, so, I'm so the let's bad go guy. with your I'm the bad guy. And what, bad. What's the name of that again? Oh, Eric? this is this is Pulsar twenty eight forty nine from cell B twenty nine of my spreadsheet. <laughs> and Jim, <laughs> your so, number seven. <laughs> well, is that where we're at? Number seven. All right. Yes. 10, nine, number seven. Eight, seven. So yeah. on the seventh spot on my list. I have clans of Caledonia. Oh, clans! I, I'm going. I'm going to be uh, hitting that here in a little bit. Yep. Yep. Clans also on my list. Caledonia. You, you'll both be hitting that. I'd hit that. Well, why don't we wait then? Why right. don't we wait? Nope. That's my number seven. Let's go to number six then. We'll All wait right. for clans of Caledonia. Number six is a pretty easy one to be on this list. And it looks like it's going to be weightier than the one that it's kind of based on or the series it's based on, and that's Keeper. Mm, Keeper. Uh, also I have, on my short list, I, just missed my top ten. Until till like an hour before airtime, it was below. It was like 11 or 12, and I'm like, no, no. this I, I love Keyflower. I mean, I don't love the other ones. Like, I love Keyflower and Keita. The city, London, is a fine light version of Keyflower, but as i sat there while you were typing away oh i got to write paragraphs about uh about this uh i'm looking and looking at the rule book for keeper and i'm going this rule book is a little more intense than Keyflower. it looks like there's a hell of a lot more going on here this looks like Keyflower on steroids with with some of the elements of Keyflower, but now we got these special folding boards that change between seasons that's so a really can, cool idea it's a cool idea as long as the the Boards don't get all mangled because that'll freak me and, out. And that's my fear yeah. is the mangled boards. Yeah, but right. but I, I I trust Richard. Yes, Richard Breeze. <laughs> I mean, he's it's a variation on his themes, right? But you know, I'm gonna give him that. That's fine. He, the other games aren't quite the same. He's not Uwe Rosenberg doing a multiple of the same game. I don't think. And this didn't look like the same game. It looked like a lot of stuff was going on. It looked like Keyflower plus two expansions plus two more expansions we haven't seen plus folding boards, but you don't have the tiles, but you have little square tiles and you have meeples and you have animeeples and you have the Farmers of the Moor. You just bring that over in and you can put that in this game apparently. It's got legacy. Legacy in there. there. And I don't know. 
And I was going through the rule book thinking, oh my God, this is going to actually take a while to get through this rule book and figure this out. But everything I like about Keyflower seems to be in the game and a lot more as well. So, and it, right now it's sitting at a weight rating of four for a euro on on VGG, which I'm, is I'm massively there, heavy. Yeah, that's heavy. I'm there. I'm hoping it's a heavier version of Keyflower for Euro players because Keyflower does seem to turn off some Euro players because of the auctions and all that. Whereas oh, this, I. I can't get enough of it. Uh, I agree with you, yeah. but there's some people like you know who won't. We won't what mention Ty, okay, and yeah. so uh, that like don't always go for go for Keyflower. But uh, I found Keyflower to be one of my favorite games, and and this, if this improves, if it can improve, or gives me an alternative, if if it can sit on the shelf next to Keyflower, and I go to the shelf and go, ooh, I don't know which one I want to play, then that'd be awesome then yes. this game is absolutely top 10. That'll be a total success. Yeah. Oh, then, then I'll feel like an idiot for not putting it in my top 10. Yeah. And much like... Anytime uh, I can for, make you feel like an idiot, I'm happy. <laughs> <laughs> it happens often enough. Uh, much like Bios Megafauna um, was influenced by your guys' uh, experience with Bios Genesis, I enjoyed Key to the City London. However... I was worried that this is going to be more on that trend of it being lighter yeah. than Keyflower and just being, I don't want to say stripped down because that's not fair. It's its own game, but just just being a lighter game and that's not what I wanted it to be. Mm-hmm. And that was my fear with Keeper and that's why I was like, okay, do I put these other games in or do I put this in? I was like, you know what? Prove to me it's it's going to be the game I'm hoping it is, just like what you said, Jim, that if if I can put this next to Keyflower and I'd be like, man, that's a tough choice. That would be a awesome problem to have. I would love it. I, I that's had, what I hope. I, I felt the same way about it. I had it down my list thinking, okay, if this is going to be more key to the city. And then uh, while I was just killing some time, I pulled the rule book up and started scrolling through it thinking, oh, my God, there's just so much in here that i've got to bump this in so this one was probably the hardest one for me to bump out of the top 10 it was there um it looks like they've taken away the auctions of Keyflower, but they have the boats are there though yeah and they've kept the uh i can lock out a board and gather meeples so there's fluid meeple sharing among the players which was kind of a an element of Keyflower that was important so uh, it's also public information. Your, the meeples you have, other people can see, which you couldn't see in Keyflower. So it's definitely different. Took some of the elements. I only dropped it out because I was like, well, maybe it, maybe it's too much like Keyflower. Okay, I'll put it at eleven. <laughs> but <laughs> but you know, it's knocking at the door. Good game. It looks. But like. still, even even I mean, if you're talking top ten, top twenty, that's right. still pretty pretty good list. This you is know, one that when we have a chance position. to get it, it will yep. be taken and played. Cool. All right. Keep so it. that's Keeper. R&D. Richard Breeze. Yes, and you're going to your number six now. Right? That was, that was his six. six. Okay. <laughs> oh, he wasn't ready. No, I'm ready. He wasn't uh, Number ready. six is uh, an unknown game. This is a little bit of a flyer for me, uh, but it looks pretty solid. I don't know how heavy it is. It might be a little light, but what, we'll see. What cell is it in? It's B36. Awesome. Uh, this is Bardagi, the claim for gold. 
Oh. So I don't know if yeah. I've seen any blanks. Uh, Jim's not claiming. I don't know if Edward's seen this. This is designer, oh, geez, uh, Svavar Bjorgvinson. Yep. With artist Valentina Scamardi. Mm-hmm. And the publisher is Gamia Games, G A M I A Games, which I've not heard of. Uh, it's kind of a worker placement driven by cards game where each player has uh, four different workers and they do different things and have different powers. And they basically wander around the central board and you're trying to increase your uh, empire size by taking over lands that are controlled by barbarians or other players. Uh, There's a kind of a deterministic battle mechanism, sort of like Imperial that's in it where you know, you play just based on the numbers, who wins the battles. Um, it's got a nice board. It kind of has like a small world-ish looking board, but it doesn't look it as kinda, light as small world. It reminds me of the board from Burano from a couple kinda. years ago at Essen. Kind of. Yeah. It's just, it's very, yeah, very, or Bora Bora. Yeah, it's very kinda. colorful. Yes. And that actually was the first thing that grabbed me was I saw the board. I was like, wow. And I kind of saw the... The pictures of the characters, I think it's the merchant. I was kind of like, eh, I don't know about that. He's kind of cartoonish. <laughs> but then, you know, I looked into the game. I kind of studied up on it, and it actually looked pretty interesting where you have these different workers that do different things in depending on where they are on the board, and it's card-driven to make your workers do things. So, um, you know, it seems like there's at least enough going on there to keep track of to make it interesting. Uh, it also has two game boards. There's the really colorful side that's supposed to be the more open side, and then there's a flip side that's like the tighter, I want to kill you side. That's the two to three player side of the board. Oh, so it's based on player count? Gotcha. Yes, yeah, so you can play okay. on the the colorful side with two or three players, but it's looser. So they give you a second map in there to play, play gotcha. a tighter game with lower player count. So. Interested in giving this a shot? I don't Gamia Games. I don't think I've seen that publisher very often, so I'm a little bit skeptical that it's going to show up. I, you know, do I want to go hunting for this? Yes, it's high on my list. It's number six, but you they know, have we'll two see. listed. They had two listed on the list, and I was actually looking at the other one. Okay, okay. which was a space related game. Oh, the same and publisher? Same publisher, I believe okay. same designer and I don't I didn't write it down. It didn't even make it it was the last one cut from my short list. Hmm. And uh Edward might be looking at it. it looks like he's looking at a screen. I don't know. Yeah, uh so I see Bardagi. I I'll be honest, I I was com- wholly unfamiliar with this. The other two games by that uh publisher is Ancient Aliens, That's Creature of Civilization. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um I that one actually yeah, that actually would have potentially made my top ten. The only reason it it didn't, uh, well, one of the main reasons it didn't is it's only available for demo mm-hmm. uh, at uh, SM. Yeah, and so yeah, that's I, why I I was like, okay, I'm not going to bother with it. I think it, that's why I pulled it off the list because I was looking at a series of space games and that was one of them. And then I saw that game that you just mentioned. I went, oh yeah, that looks terrible. So, <laughs> but you'll be playing. Game me again. I'll be playing. It. Game, you'll you'll be playing, playing it. It. You know, it, it. It's interesting. Well, I might that, not because as we showed on your other list there that. I didn't get to play those games, even though you bought no, that's them. That's true. Come on, man. So it's funny. Um, I remember looking at the board on this when, when doing my research and everything for this. And the, I don't want to say garishness, yes. but Go the, ahead, the saturation, it. the, the oversaturation of the yeah. colors, kind of like Bora Bora, 
actually, I had the opposite reaction that you did, Eric, that mm. I was like, ooh, yeah, not not a fan at all of that. And apparently it's it's out, apparently, because it's got a rating. There's like 27 comments on BGG already of mm, it. Okay. Um, or so may... Uh, What's yeah, the, it can be difficult low to too, isn't it? Eh, it's not bad. It's six point nine. Yeah, it's yeah. not like it's you know bad. But, I wouldn't say but you're, like you're all, getting but... this choice now, aren't you? No, no. Like all of these numbers, the weight, the right. rating. I mean, there's so oh, few yeah. numbers. There were several there's, games I looked skew. at, and they were in the sixes. And then I went in there, and it's three guys rated at a nine, and then some idiot rates at a one. Yeah, there you right. go. So, so take it with a grain of salt, yeah. right? Yeah. So yeah, I'll be honest. This one not on my radar. So I'll defer to you. And if you do end up getting a copy, I'm curious to hear about it. He's writing that down. All right. Yeah. Yep, I got to make my notes for the future. He's moving so that's it. that's Bardagi, the claim for gold. He moved that B A R D A G I. He moved that from B thirty seven to A thirty seven now. So that's right. It's up okay. the list. So my number six, we've already covered Kalimala. Kalimala, mm-hmm. and the only reason it's this low is because it's a known quantity, and I have really high hopes for everything that's up above this to be a better game, which says a lot because Kalimala, I really enjoyed. So, so we'll see how it goes. you're about to break us into the second half of the top 10 here with the number five that you have really high hopes Ooh, for man, because it, you know how good it. Kalimala is. Bring it. So no crap on your list, dude. If you have crap on your list, it's a refund for the I entire feel Patreon. really strong that all five of these are going to be really good games. So my number five, Clans of Caledonia. Oh, yeah. Uh, we'll, we'll touch on this, though, when you get to it, Eric. So that's my that number five. That's on my list. All right, yeah. Number five. Yep. For, all right. for... So, Eric, you're up. Okay, number five, I broke a cardinal rule. Oh, he broke a rule. I broke Jeez, a rule there's for a number five. Um, that's never happened I before. started out with the rule of... Okay. No reprints and no expansions? Yeah, no reprints, no expansions, no demos. Okay. And I struggle with the, well, is it out yet? And damn, Edward seems to play everything a month ahead of me. He's probably already played this. I yeah. don't want to talk about that. Yeah. But and I know he's guy. I know he's played this. He's a bastard. Um, but I made the exception because <laughs> <laughs> I made the exception because it is a reprint, but it's kind of a distant reprint for a game that you know, is widely unavailable to most people. Um, I, I still have no idea what game well, this is going to be. Well, he'll get to it in the next well, hour. I, Just I, chill I out. Yeah, I could have obviously He's getting got, there. Let him work it up. These are games you can get copies of, but I held off because I knew they were doing the Go reprint. take a piss. So, <laughs> so this is Antiquity. I went with Antiquity. It's a, obviously Fantastic an older game. game. It's a known quantity, but I haven't it's played reprint, it. man. I haven't played it, and right. it's it's a fairly rare reprint, so we'll go ahead and give it its props. Uh, this is the Splatter game from Jerone and Yoris. Jerone. Jerone and Yoris, and the artist, oh, geez, Moat Antwoopers. Sure. I don't know. Sure. Uh, I don't know a ton about it other than it's in Splatter's Big Five. It's city-building Civ game with a tight pollution control element that's an important important part of how the game unfolds and whether you survive or not. Um, I know there's city building with puzzly pieces for the buildings and things and putting graves in your city, but I'm basically just going on the history of Splatter and you, knowing that it's one of their big games. You, it's something I want to play you and get. And do I'll get understand it. that the people you play your Splatter games with 
are going to make this that. a 27-hour game for you. You know that. It could happen. All right. It could happen. Well, the nice thing about Antiquity is it plays amazing at 2, 3, and 4. It can play long uh, at 4, obviously, uh, as you know, more people, AP, et cetera, et cetera. But the game hates you. The game is actively <laughs> trying to kill you. And the other players are actively trying to kill you with the pollution and the graves. And graves take up spots in your city. And so it, it very much is that Tetrisy board to where you only have a finite amount of a grid space in each of the buildings that you need to build uh, take up you know certain shapes, kind of Tetris-shaped buildings. And so you go out, you explore, you expand, you establish new cities, you get a secondary board to be able to now put down more Tetris pieces and then continue going until one of the four in-game. When you build a cathedral, you have a saint that you you basically um, not worship, but it's the patron saint. And that patron saint is what the win condition is that you chose. You have four choices. And so you choose, you start the game, nobody has a win condition. And so when you build the cathedrals that or a cathedral that that's when you choose your your uh, patron saint and your win condition. And are those uh, drafted in that if one person takes patron nope, saint you can X you can you can have can. the same one. Okay. But it's possible that you could be one step behind. Yeah, and unless sure. they trip up, they're going to beat you. Yeah. Uh, but it, it can be. You play your, it can be multiplayer solitaire if you choose to play it that way, or it can be a whole lot of in your face. I'm going to spread out fast enough to where now when I have to put down pollution, I'm putting down pollution around your city and not mine. And so not only does the game actively hate you and tries to kill you, but now I'm also trying to help with that as well. And it is possible, just like in Roads and Boats, that if you spend your last resources of things that you're now, uh, uh, you know, um, spinning around the toilet bowl and it's just, you're in a death spiral that literally you put yourself in it after the second turn, it's possible you're out of the game. But well, that's a splatter game. That's a splatter, <laughs> right? Like every decision you make matters. Yep. And it's, it's on any given day, any of the big five for me for splatter could be my favorite splatter. But if you were to put a gun to my head and ask me which it is, it's probably antiquity. Uh, understand, it's also fiddly beyond belief because it has a million little chits and you are constantly having to mess with them. That's where the little suction cups that we have yeah. come in real, real handy for that. Uh, I obviously don't know a whole lot as far as changes on the second edition. I know they're minimal and it, it's, it's a smaller box. But other than that, um, yes, yeah, something I'm along the line of their it. other reprints in terms of changes, yeah. barring yep. Indo- Indonesia. <laughs> right, yeah. right, right. But yeah, uh, Antiquity is a, a Grail game and a Hall of Fame game, as far as I'm concerned. And so I, I'm super excited that they reprinted it, so more people get a chance to enjoy it. All right, yep, that was Antiquity, my number five. Your number five. All right, my number five is an 18XX game that should be out shortly, 18CZ. Woohoo! Which I didn't back, stupidly. <clears throat> but 
seeing as I've been playing a lot more of this stuff, I'm always looking for something different. My only hesitation is it seems like it might be more along the lines of weight-wise for 18xx of the 46 or something like that, where it might be harder to get people to get interested in it on a regular basis if I did have a copy. But I do like um, the one thing where it uses different company sizes where you have uh, five companies with uh, four shares divided into quarters or 50% and 225s, three shares, I should say. Uh, well, four shares because one certificate is a two-share certificate. Correct? Right. So. Yep. Uh, and then one that's 40, 20, 20, 20, or five that are 40, 20, 20, 20, and then um, five companies that are the usual 20%, 10, 10, 10, and so on. Mm. And each company has a different set of trains. So that's something that seems a little different to me in my limited experience. Uh, so I can see it playing differently than all the other stuff I've ever played and being a lot of fun. It's Lonnie Orgler, uh, self-published, but they're called Fox in the Box. And it's, uh, what, Czechoslovakia, I believe, 18CZ. It is. And I don't know, have you played it? I have not. Uh, Lonnie sent a prototype. Of course uh, he did. To no, no, to a Heavycon yeah. for Heavycon. And was it there? Uh, I know. T huh? It was there. Yeah, it was there. Okay. Yeah, Tony played it as well as uh, a few other people, and they spoke well of it. Yep. They, they, I mean, they weren't raving that it was ZOMG, the best game they've ever played, but it certainly wasn't one that they would not. Let me try this again without double negatives. It's one that they actively would like to play more. How's that? Right. Okay. I have not played it, so I can't speak to it. Um, but I love the idea of what you just said about the uh, different size companies, the 10 share, the five share, or and uh, three share companies. I think that's that's pretty cool. That's exciting. The different types of trains, et cetera, et cetera. Yeah, and they have different trains for the company. So that, that I thought was kind of interesting. I don't know how it's going to work. I didn't really look at the Kickstarter. I think this Kickstarted... When I wasn't paying attention to Kickstarters, like Keeper was kickstarting all these things, a few I never ago. saw. There, you know, it was like over the winter, and I get tired of and paying attention. And the other to really nice thing, uh, provided it, it gets pulled off well, is there's a two-player version of 18CZ in the right, box. Right, right. And so, and you know, Lonnie Orgler, I mean, the guy's got some pretty good <laughs> history going with making train games. So, yeah, I, he did 1880. Yes. He did the. Uh, what was it, 1844, mm. 1854? One of those two with his buddy that he did Russian yep. Railroads with. And, yep. You know, so he's got uh, he's got the pedigree there for these games. So uh, I know it's not going to be one of those super narrow, oh, this is just for the uh, just for the the gear, the, uh, the railheads types. It's, it's probably going to try to get more people involved in the whole 18XX experience. And that's fine, too. I don't mind that. Um, and I'll, I'll also, be honest. I also don't think it runs, you know, lengthwise as long as some of these other games run. So, I'm no, not it's, sure it's, about it's that. a pretty, it's a, it's a middle weight uh, or middle length time wise. Um, you know, you're talking anywhere four to six hours probably. Uh, and what I was going to say was the box cover, the artwork is striking. Like he did an amazing yeah. job with that. It looks fantastic. Yeah. So, had to put one on there, I think. Uh, number four, number four, yeah, number four. That yep. was 18 uh, so, CZ. Yeah, so the only reason ahead, it's not on my list is I did back the Kickstarter. Uh, there's a group uh, order we did mm -hmm. here in Denver, and so I figure 
I'm not actually going and picking that up at Essen. So, plus it gave me an excuse to add another game. And I figured one of you guys would have that on there so I could talk about it then. Uh, but to be honest with you, just because it's getting shipped to the house through the Kickstarter is why I didn't put it on the on the Essen list. That's it. Gotcha. All right. Well, I put it on my list. I, I do this so you guys don't have to. There you go. That's All what right. I'm counting you for. Team player. Jim, Number four. Maybe it's on my list, so you don't have to put this one on your list. It's possible. I don't know. This one's called Iberian Rails. Let's keep the trains narrow, going. Also, narrow, in my narrow, narrow misses. Yep. yep. I knew it would be a narrow miss for both of you, so I put it in at number four to give it a little little jump there. Designer Tony Chen, artist David Cochard or Cochard, and publisher Monsoon Publishing. How can you not like a game that comes from a publisher that names itself Monsoon? It's raining games, hard raining games. All right. Iberian Rails is a shareholding train game in which players employ services of characters, some more reputable than others. So uh, this looks like kind of a crazy game because you're trying to buy companies. Some companies do well early. Some companies do well later. Shares might get you money early from from companies that uh, go work in tourist towns or not tourist towns. I don't know exactly which does which better. Uh, some railways have only three shares. Some have up to six shares available and you're getting all this stuff going on. And yet there are characters who also, uh, have a say in how things go and what happens, including the engineer, the mafia, the bureaucrat, inspector, banker, a ghost. There's a ghost, the construction mech. So people don't have to construct it. So you know that the rails will work correctly. The hotelier, you know, and then some bastard venture capitalists is in this as well. And it might make uh, the general idea of which shares do what less exact by the end of the game. So it's not a guarantee that your strategy in one game is going to work to the next game, depending on what the characters do. It's set in Spain. It has 42 cities, 14 of which are tourist cities. And at the end of the game, double dividends are paid out. The person with the most money, I know you're going to like this, Eric, (laughs) wins the game. It sounds... uh, it kind of sounds, we played Whistle Stop last night. It kind of sounds a little bit like in that area. And I looked at the map. The box cover is crazy. It's got roller coaster trains and all kinds of crazy stuff on the box cover. So it makes it seem like maybe it's Whistle Stop on steroids with characters who do things that you might not want them to do. I don't know. Ramp it up to a different level. It just looked like it was going to be difficult to play. Uh, had enough weight to it plus there might be a little bit of craziness that keeps you coming back to the table for the fun of the game you know is antiquity fun sure yeah sure it the is graves and rot but versus... at the end it's trying to kill you this game may not try to kill you as hard and say oh we're a little more fun so you know and, and i think when we do these lists we get these heavy games and we love them and they're fun for us but sometimes you get a game that you just get done with and go, God, that was really good time. You know, like when we played Shogun, that was a really sure. good time. It's not it as really great was, a I game agree. as some of the other games we love. But for that moment at that time, that hit the spot. And sometimes you need those heavy, greasy cheeseburgers. And I think that's what this is. So this one was a narrow miss. Uh, I don't have a lot of experience with the Winsomes, but I did recently play Chicago Express. But it certainly seemed to have kind of that's that exactly idea, right it yep, was in that same wheelhouse uh and the characters uh when i've seen that i think what happens is you have a certain character as your ceo but 
every round you're like trading the card you have now with a card, another card that's in the offer so that your powers are kind of migrating throughout the game, depending on what you're wanting to do that round. Um, but it also is, it's got the company money separation from the player money. And, you know, if you spend all the company's money, then you have to hold auctions for shares. So you better have personal money if you want to participate. So yeah, it looked like it could have some, maybe not super heavy, but wow, that game was tricky. Like Chicago express is, uh, it makes clever. it, makes it, yeah, it makes it a really interesting game for not being, you know, and hopefully 90 minutes or less for what it is. Sure. It's something you want to keep getting back to the table on a regular Euro game night or something instead yeah, of it, a boring worker placement, you know, it made me think a lot of Winsome or Chicago Express exp- explicitly, but with the characters and, you know, the change it up and make it a little bit quirky, I yeah. think is maybe a, the right word. Uh, I'm, I mean, it narrowly missed my list. It top 15 here as well. So looking forward to it. I didn't back it on Kickstarter yeah, because I was like, I don't know. The character aspect of it made me a little apprehensive, but you, you the awesome thing about being able to go to Essen is I can go and look at this and see and be like, okay, yeah, I feel comfortable with this. Or no, my apprehension was was well founded. So the we'll third see. or fourth time he's rubbed it in that he gets to go. Oh, will you stop? Time. I'm. I, I, <laughs> oh, know. you know how to you know how know. to pull my chain, yes. Jim. He's ball breaker extraordinary. We'll all be here. dealing with our children, all that stuff, and they'll be <laughs> drinking vice beer and Essen, talking with Rado about these games and all that. So I'm on number four now, right? I yes, sir. I lost so I'm track. going with a, another. Game. I think this one's actually out, but it's just come out if it's out. And this one is Brides and Bribes. Uh, <laughs> and it's an Italian design team. It looks like a couple of women uh, Andrea Galazzi, Alicia Lenardi, and their buddy Pietro Navarotto, with artist Alan D'Amico, which was also the artist for my number 10, Wendake. I never would have guessed this one. Good night, folks. Yeah, and the publisher I, is... This one caught me off guard. Not yeah. going to lie. Space Balloon Games is the publisher here. So this actually looks... It uh, takes place in Renaissance Italy. Wait for it. Renaissance Italy. <laughs> uh, we have, you know, some vying for power in the city of Genoa, which apparently was like, you know, the most cutthroat city at the time. Uh, but it actually seems a little bit cutthroat. It's like there's four burrows on the board, and the board on this thing looks amazing. It's got like it really city. does. I'm looking at it right now, yeah, and it really does it's look. It's kind of got pretty. like an Alexander Roche uh, Brussels 1893 look to it, or something. Some of these games, you know, they made it past the first couple rounds because of their looks. But this one looked in deeper by this point. It made my list. So players are going to be placing delegations out into these different burrows, which is basically placing a secret group of cards into the burrow that no other players can see. They can see you're going there, but they don't know what you're going to do there. And then after everybody's put cards out into these areas, basically you get into a kind of a mini card game in each of the burrows to take actions. And one of the key things you're trying to do, you're trying to boost your influence in the burrows. You're trying to 
join families with the local lords through marriage. So they usually have their daughters there that are available for your family to come and propose a marriage, which has a little bit of like the thematic signore. You're getting uh, ready like for your kids signore. to grow up. Is that Quit it? looking at me like that. What's your game, signore? It kind of reminds me of that theme wise. If you get into a marriage arrangement or your influence is high, it dictates red, man. the order of actions that you can take in the round against the other players that have sent delegations to the boroughs. And I think there's an element that when you, you propose a marriage or you start trying to do actions, some of the players, instead of focusing on being efficient with their actions, they can focus on ways to modify, interrupt, you know, cancel completely actions that other players are taking. So there's sort of a, okay, my action is to marry this daughter. And that goes around the table for everybody else present there can play cards to try to alter that outcome. They may or or kind of not straight out veto it, but just alter it, right? Yeah, right. And you're okay with that. Well, I don't know. Yeah, because a lot of games stuff like that, you kind of... <laughs> Right. Yeah. Well, you've been jacking up my marriage for three years already. What? <laughs> All these games we've been playing. But, uh, so I'm going to blame me because yeah. you want to get out of the house and play a game. It's my fault. So I'm, I was really intrigued by it. It seemed unique. I'm going for it. Brides and bribes. I got, I'll, I'll be honest. I discounted it um, looking at the cover and, and the name. Yeah, the cover like, kind of sucks. But And I'm like, really? And, but looking at the board, it looks nothing like what the the cover does yeah um i'm i actually have a window up. i'm actually gonna go do some more homework you made it sound interesting and the board looks cool so yeah i'm definitely gonna go investigate it's uh well, 54 rating 7.6 on bgg 3.0 wait yeah okay yeah. i'll check it out you check it out i'll be playing it at some point <laughs> fair enough i do have to give him credit because i would have never seen that one coming yeah so, same here so it's so a complete and... curveball from That's mr right. uh, mr I'm throwing knuckle mr. junk here mr softball you're softball guy <laughs> brides and bribes uh, yes actually last i saw that was tied but all right is it to edward now you it got, is. My can you pull four? one out of your rear end the way he just did? No, no. Uh, I don't think. Are we any still of, on four? Yeah, we. Uh, right. Sorry. In 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 the game of let's make a list, four <laughs> comes after five. Yes. Uh, Transatlantic well, was before, is my number four. We've already covered right, it, so I'll just move on to my number three. Go to your number three. Hey, that's a good idea, Jim. Okay. I'm gonna go on to my number three. <laughs> Thank you. I'm trying to be the it's moderator. A game I've like been waiting on for. It's a game I've been waiting on for upwards of three years. Uh-oh. It's a Civ building game with Uh-oh. action selection with cards. Uh-oh. Designed by Jeff Warrender and published by Spielworks, The Sands of Time. Mm. Now, the one thing that I did have a little behind-the-scenes knowledge of, if you will, uh, is <laughs> that this As opposed was, to all the other stuff? Okay, go ahead. Th- this took a, a little bit more time and work uh than uli expected um but and that's why it it was originally supposed to come out in may of this year and now it's it's going to be real close whether or not it makes us and if not it might be like november december whatever mm-hmm. uh but it's it it's a it's a civ building game which i am a huge sucker for mm-hmm. and 
uh, Jeff did a, desi a designer diary on BGG that I followed a number of years ago while he was working through the game. And I, I was like, so what's the story? And then a couple years ago, um, or maybe it's 18 months, two years or so, he got it signed with Spielworks. And I was like, okay, awesome. When can we see it? Oh, this year. Okay. So just, I've been waiting. Um, I, I don't know a ton about the actual game itself and the actual mechanics of the game, but the fact that it's a Civ game and it spiel works, I'm absolutely going to be excited to, to take a look at it. That There's no artwork. There's nothing has been shown on it. If you go to the BGG page, it's the same prototype uh, picture that's been up there since 2015. So I there's a video of Uli talking about it. The problem is it's all in Deutsch <laughs> and and I, I I don't I don't uh you can get that. I I could, but no, I can't. So anyway, so yeah, the Sands of Time, uh Civ game, Spielworks, my number three. That's a flyer. There you go. You're just basing that on pedigree, desire, wheelhouse, all those things. And it's just kind of right, like, I'll buy that. yeah, no, That's, no, I'm not blaming you at all. Cause right. I mean, no, Spielworks, I, I, if Spielworks well, put that, the game out, it, uh, it's on my radar. Seriously, right? I have been waiting on this game right. for so long that it, it's funny. It's actually, it's, it's done the exact same thing that Transatlantic's done that I'm like still waiting, still waiting, still waiting. I'm like, yeah, come on. But I've been waiting. But I mean, the Transatlantic is, was my number four. Transatlantic is a and game that we see a lot of, and it's hard to come by a good Civ game. I agree. Everybody so keeps there you go. Throwing, three. Everybody keeps punching it through the ages. Nobody's beating <laughs> it. Nope. Not nations. <clears throat> not uh, nations. Serious. Not, close. <laughs> not even close. Don't <laughs> don't even utter those words in the same sentence. I I, I have to. He has to. He has All right, to. so Eric, you're it. number three. Or so do you guys have yeah, any? Yeah, so I'll, I'll say on Sands of Time, it rode pretty high into my list. So I appreciate your optimism, letting it get this high. I, it dropped off in the twenties for me, just purely because of lack of information. But clearly, yeah. when when Spielworks puts something out with a sieve, you know, it's a sieve focus. Um, I'm interested. I want to. Well, play we still it, have so. one coming in this month with a sieve focus. So. That's right. What's that? Gentis. Oh, yes. Yes. yes, yes. Yeah. Yeah. Those of us normal people who haven't had Uli in our house showing it to us have it coming. So <laughs> <laughs> so it looks like Santa Time was in cell C47, so that's not too bad. Yeah. All right. All right. Cool. <laughs> so, Eric, you're number right. three. Yeah, my number three, one that was mentioned already earlier by Edward, I think you mentioned as well, was Agra. Agra. Michael Keller. I don't mm -hmm. think, has he put anything out? Since Lagrania, no, no uh, well, Solarius mission. Oh Solarius. yes, right. He was on yeah. Solarius, but yeah. with right uh, Oda. Odie. Both both of those Oda. are with Oda, Oda, and so this Oda, is his yeah. his first game by himself, and yeah. that's why I'm like, okay, so yeah. let's see what Michael's chops are. This, this is, it looks like a beast of a game. It looks like it's got a lot going on. Uh, I think I think it has good potential. I don't know if it's. I don't know. I was thinking it was reminding me of Madeira when I was looking at it in terms of its the amount of stuff going on. But I don't think it's going to be that much. Okay. Uh, when the guys at Quinted showed me the game, uh, it feels like this is going to fall right in that solid midway, you know, Rococo shipyard 
level oh, game, okay. which there's nothing wrong with. I mean, I love those games. So I, I have high hopes, and we'll see how it goes. But I don't think it's going to be as complex. Okay. Rococo. Ooh, maybe I'll move this down the list. <laughs> Oh, <laughs> <laughs> I don't have well, Lagr- I think Lagrania. All right. Yeah, I'll think Lagrania. Yeah, okay. sure. Yeah, yeah, so that was my number three. That's your number Agra. three. Agra. Okay, yeah. my number three is my. Uh, well, we didn't. I didn't. Cl- uh, I didn't do the disclaimer before we started. I did it last year, and I did it with you on the phone. But there are a couple companies that don't do Essen. They do their P500s, their war game companies, and all that. So my number three is going to reignite my interest and love in coin. My number three is Pendragon. Hmm. Uh, This one, to me, I think this one is going to utilize the coin system in a way because of all the crazy factions that are in what is now known as Britain at that time. And because of the time... That's the time of legends, the time of King Arthur's and things like that. I, I remember watching a, a BBC TV series uh, called the, the Last Kingdom, which had the Danes in there fighting with the, the Roman Britons who were going to, you know, try to establish Britain as a country. But there's all these lords and factions. So they don't you know, they're all just a bunch of tribes throughout that whole land with the Scots or, or whatever they were up above. there trying to break through down there. There's there always a threat. Some of them coexisted. Some of them made treaties. Some of them uh, traded one thing that they had for another thing that they had and had an uneasy peace, but everything was always, always about to, to, to burst. And I think this system lends itself perfectly to that. Uh, it's a time period that I just think, you know, as Fire in the Lake for me seems to be perfect for the counterinsurgency, the way, the way those four factions are asymmetric and should be asymmetric and each had a real important part in that war. Unlike Cuba Libre, which I don't, I, the mafia, playing the mafia just bores me. I think this one's going to be exciting no matter who you're playing. And I think each game is really going to ramp up into a different area, a different different ending, different way to go. There is talk that you can, you can still have a Roman Britain by the end of the game and things like that. So I'm looking forward to this one as uh, to jump back into coin for me and, and to re- re-engage with the series which i think is on one hand overrated because a lot of people would love it and play it and there's so many games in it but on the other hand for me it's underrated because i really haven't explored it as much as i would really like to explore it and that's just mainly because it feels like i've been punched in the face 27 times when i get done playing a game of it but <laughs> i'm hoping this one doesn't do that as much as some of the others do so does it have four factions as well? I have not looked that much into it. You know, I'm my understanding is it, it does, but it also has uh, uh, other raiders that can come in. I'm not, I, don't quote me on that, man. It plays one to four. It plays so, one to yeah, four, okay. but but my understanding is there are more factions than just the four that you're playing that might get in there and mix things up. So you got the Irish, the Pick, the Saxon Raiders, uh, you get Celtic, Germanic, um, yeah, so I, I don't know totally what is all going to be in the game, you know, and I'm sure not everything that was going on at that time can be in it. Otherwise, you would have something crazy and unbalanced. But I think from what I've seen and from the development that I've read about, this looks like it's really going to hit the sweet spot for this series for me. I bet. I've been listening to uh, Dan Carlin's Hardcore History, and it's the Celtic Holocaust is the most recent one that he's put out. Now, there... 
there's a lot of disagreement on who or what the Celtics were, whether that included the folks in Britain uh, and whatnot. And the, the general consensus that he goes with is if you think you're a Celtic, then you're, or if you think you're a Celt, you're a Celt. Right. So therefore um, that, that has kind of triggered an interest in this in, in Pendragon when there really wasn't any, because even though I'm a big ancients guy, whether that's ancient Rome, ancient Greece, I have cooled quite a bit on the coin system because I always felt like you get one shot and if you swing and miss, that's all she wrote. Really? Uh, in, okay. uh, now, keep in mind that's limited, limited plays, um, but that's how it felt, at least in the first few plays of the coin system. Now, that said, I have five or six of them sitting downstairs, <laughs> it's just whether or not we get them to the table, uh, but Pendragon because of listening to hardcore history has it has it back on the radar when it originally wasn't going to be on the radar at all for me and as far as gmt goes the two big ones that i'm waiting on don't come out till next year now space Corps or space corp yeah and uh and my most anticipated game of the last i don't know 18 months or so and that's mr president yeah yeah, so that's great. That's everybody's yeah, now. So, Everybody in the country wants that because we all know what's going on. And we, we should all, all be a better president. We could all do this job. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so yeah, so Pendragon sounds a lot more interesting to me now than it would have like a week ago before I, I listened to the Celtic Holocaust by Dan Carlin. It's so just that, that it's just that clash you've got going in that one on that one little island and all those influences from the 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 Germanic peoples who have come over to the Celts who are moving through to the Romans who are trying to hang on to it and, and preach their, their, their religions uh, to the pagans who are becoming more, I don't know, sentient or, or, you know, you know, it's all that changing, the swirling, the politics, the religions, everything that's coming. And, and it could have gone in so many different directions. And if the game allows you to go in those different directions, (coughs) excuse me, then, I think it'll be worth putting at number three. All um, right, cool. So, yeah, I'm I'm looking forward to your excitement on that to help drive me to play it because I've kind of <laughs> no, that's cool, right? Yeah, 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 that's good. Well, we otherwise should, we should really get Fire in the Lake back out. Absolutely, because that was one that's we the both best really one played. felt good about. Yes, I mean, and, I played a distant plane, didn't love it. Yeah, uh, Falling Libre. Sky, I never got to the table and right. traded away. Cuba Libre was like not enough going on. Fire in the Lake was great. Liberty and Death just seems I really, like I have you should that. be playing a revolution game instead. Yeah, so. but you know the theme of that one captures me, and this one, this one's like, yeah, I could get into that, but I, I'm glad that you'll be driving that train, and I'll ride it. It's the, that's always nice when you have kind of somebody who's really excited about whether it's a theme or a me- mechanism within a game that can help invigorate. The rest of the group. Absolutely. Oh, yeah, it's fantastic right. when he comes so wound up and excited about Lorenzo Il Magnifico. <laughs> that, it's always nice when that happens. Jeez. <laughs> you haven't been in this group, Don't you have a number two? <laughs> I have a number Get two. Get on with it. Number two is Agra. Agra's hey. number two for me. I don't know. I kind of agree with Eric on that one. I looked it over and read everything about it. You've got this big board, and you've got that imperial 
thing that you have to put together and it's kind of slanted and you it's got like slanted. potion explosion yeah it, yeah it's a potion explosion board for your <laughs> your uh nobles or whatever they're going up that thing and also some resource spots i i guess it just looked like a sprawling game all over there i love lagrania i like solarius mission i got the feeling looking this one over that this is kind of keller swinging for the fences and possibly adding more weight than those have or at least a little more length lagrania plays fine in fact it's almost perfect length of time and everything you get going solarius always feels like oh we just got started and it's over so i'm kind of hoping this one goes lagrania plus and swings for the fences and to me i'm thinking wow if he if he hits the home run this could be this could be the 2017 essen lisboa because Lisboa is already out, you yeah. know. So this is the one that would be rising to that to give that some competition on that Euro front. It just looked head and shoulders above the other Euros that I was looking at on those lists. Maybe it's because of all the chrome in it. I don't know. Maybe I'm being, maybe I'm being swayed by a little pretty face winking at me. But it just looks really, is that Michael really Keller? good. No, it's his game. Oh, okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, the, the other one that's reminded me. No, no, of go ahead, go ahead. It's go not ahead. like yeah. no, 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 no. You're fine. It's go timing, ahead. no, hey, timing, I, Edward. Come on. I, no, I, I, I enjoy your enthusiasm. I just don't think it's going to be as big of a game as you guys are anticipating. And I'm not trying to dissuade you or take the air out of yourselves. I just want more of a. I because I've seen it. Yeah, and I and right. and. Uh, Paul over at Quinted, he he took me through like a a five minute high level overview of the game, and I was like, that sounds like a solid midweight game. That's cool. I'm looking forward to it. Um, I definitely want to check it out, but it's definitely not going to be um, deep waters as far as is it in your you know, top ten? It is. Is it in your top ten? Yes. So that's the one game that's three top tens here today. So. Or one of a Gaia project still to come, I imagine. Oh, Gaia project. Yeah. <laughs> we'll that's talk, the we'll that's the other that one. Yeah. Oh, and knowing we'll, we'll talk about that when you get to his number but, one. But yeah, but but the point is, is there's 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 enough um, off the beaten path here between the three of us. But there's also there we all like similar type games, a similar weight range yeah. of games, yeah. and the fact that we have. All of us have games like Kalimala and Agra on our list. I think that's awesome. That's fantastic. I didn't know. Yeah. Well, yeah. It's the five minute co op of the heavy cardboard group. <laughs> right. <Agra. laughs> <laughs> Plays in under four minutes. What, right. Oh, one. The Cousins War. That was one. So that was your that. number two? That was my number Jim? two. So your number two, two is yeah. Uwe Rosenberg's. Yeah. Why am I talking about the Cousins War? I'm talking about the Gaia Project at number, number two. two. All yes. right. And so this is the uh, Terra Mystica in Space, as Jim affectionately called it. So, I mean, I think it definitely takes... Obviously, it's roots from Terra Mystica, no doubt about that. Some very similar game. I think they probably have used all the uh, Snellman.net playtesting that they've <laughs> learned about in the Terra Mystica system, and hopefully, you know, they've come up with some ideas to to smooth the game out. A couple of the critical ones are that they have a modular board now, so we have a variable board that can be scaled by player count, which you know Terra Mystica was 
I'll readily admit was a very poor two-player game and not a great three-player game either. You know, it's a four or five only for me game. This one, you know, maybe extends that down. It also has a a solo mode in it, which you know, I mean, which that's every become got to have nowadays. Yeah, more more and yeah. more. That's I'm not a huge solo gamer, but I do like to have that in the box if it's well done. Um, so I appreciate that being that. the key. If it's well done, if and it's I well feel like done. too many of these games, they they bolt on player counts that they shouldn't just because it so. could be it could be but you know there's been some recent in the last year and a half uh i'll put feast for odin there it's not tacked on i'd put terraforming mars is not tacked on no feast for odin what's tacked on Boa, as the multiplayer you know as lisboa is not tacked yeah. on. <laughs> so you know hopefully this won't be tacked on maybe i become a little optimistic about the solo mode but they also took the uh they took the uh, cult track out which i really didn't have a problem with i like just fine but a lot of people don't like in terra mystica <laughs> they took that out and they put a kind of a technology there's six technology levels that basically it looks like your asymmetry and your faction build out is less about the faction you get at the beginning of the game and more about the faction you build throughout the game um and and you know if terra mystica offered you an option to take different directions with your factions yeah yeah and that it looks like that's a key element that's probably the biggest element added here uh there's also it's minor but there seems to be more uh power burning and entry in the game than there was at least in the base game of terra mystica but in the mm -hmm. expansion of terra mystica that was more of a, a an element with the expansion factions which i found to be kind of an interesting twist on the system so it's nice they're carrying that forward and so, yeah, it's obviously one of my favorite games, so I'm highly interested in this one, Gaia Project. Yeah, the the fact that it brings in a tech tree into the game uh, definitely piqued my interest uh, a lot more. And I'm willing to give the benefit of the doubt that they have learned from the... Not mistakes, but the <laughs> the feedback that they have gotten regarding... Terra Mystica, and let's yeah. face it, Terra Mystica is a very highly ranked game as is. So, I mean, having more of the same, I wouldn't blame them if they did it. I'm just hoping that it's it's not just Terra for or uh, sorry, uh, uh, Terra Mystica in space. I hope it's it's its own animal. You know what I mean? And yeah. not just yeah, a risk of the same that. thing. Yeah. That's my worry. My worry is it's, you know, okay, so we had Lagrania, we had Solarius Mission, which people were saying were Lagrania in space. It's not. It's its own animal. Right. So I agree. It's if, totally its own animal. If Gaia Project can do the same thing, differentiate, its, differentiate itself from Terra Mystica, but still appeal to that same itch or give you that same itch to scratch that Terra Mystica does, then fine. That, then, yeah, that's why it's on our lists. Well, and Terra's been, you know, it, it's a unique game when I mentioned that years of playtesting on snowman.net. I mean, there's an incredible amount of data right. from an active player community for this game that's logged. I mean, there are analytics that can be delved to the ultimate depths on, you know, the faction waiting and, you know, which factions competing against others and what, under what conditions. And so... I think that that's pretty cool. I hope that they've at least utilized some of those learnings that are kind of archi archived in a way for Terra Mystica that you don't see for very many games. I've never not really enjoyed a play of Terra Mystica. 
and there are certain people I will not play the game with um, because of either severe AP problems or, you know, like Ben Belichick, I won't play with him because of scripting and all that stuff. I want to play a game. I don't want somebody scripted and all that. I don't want somebody that eh, just sit there all night going, should I move this purple pill to the X? Oh, do I use it? What do I do? So, but you know, that usually hasn't happened in the groups of people I played Terra Mystica with. It's been, it's been fun games. I mean, it, you know, there's, it's juicy enough. It's just that I always feel like I'm on rails. Like, okay, and, I've got and, this one thing that gives me one a, of my major complaints an ability once well. I get my stronghold out. And it's an ability that I get a free thing once a turn, the yellow or the green one does that. That means on my first round, I have to get that stronghold out. Otherwise, I am not going to win the game if somebody else is playing at my level. Like Justin Timberlake did. We're bringing Randall back, and he's going to teach you this. Gaia Project. <laughs> okay. That was a joke, Edward. Yeah, you All righty. Yeah. yeah. That was a joke. You got yeah, no. yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so, yeah. So, all of us have um, high hopes. I think is a good way to put it, right? For Gaia Project overall? It's going to be a nice steak. The question is, will it be undercooked, overcooked? We don't know. I mean, that's the question. It's going to be a nice, hunky piece of meat. Do we want to, you know, will it be appetizing once we figure out what it looks like and how how cooked it is? That's where we're at on that. But it's in our top ten, so it's one of two games in our top tens. One that's going to be heavy, but we're unsure, given the track record of the first game, which is beloved, but we, two of us, feel there are severe problems with. Is it going to come with a set of problems like that game? Whereas the other game that we all have in our Agra, the worry is, is there enough meat on that bone to to chew on over and over again? So those are the two games that we all three have. But we also have res. It's funny because we have more reservations, I think as a group about those two games and most of the other games on these lists. Very interesting. That is, that really is. All right. So that's Gaia project. My number two, uh, Eric actually talked about a year ago, put it on my radar (laughs) Uh and I haven't been able to shake it since. And it really one or two, these two could be interchanged to be Oracle Delphi Uh, on my list. Uh, Not so much. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> Democracy Under Siege, designed by Luca Camisa and published uh, for the first time, actually published by a, a game publisher, which is Four Dados, I think is how you say it. That's right, yeah. So this game originally came out as a self-published game back in 2011, I think, and it has a living rules set. It was then made available as a kind of a print and play through the Game Crafter, and now finally... There is an actual published version that you can actually like go somewhere and pick up or order from that isn't a print-on-demand company like the Game Crafter. So this is definitely a carryover from last year. Uh, I went by their booth to see this game, and there was nothing in their booth. Yeah, I remember you and saying that. It, it was just a barren booth, right? Right, and I do wonder if it's because this was the main game for them last year that because the cover of the game had a swastika on it and Essen's mm. in Germany, that's a big no-no. Yeah. I do wonder oh, yeah. if if that's the reason for it. But neither here nor there. Well, they, it is illegal. It is. Yeah. And so, but I don't. I don't want to make any 
you know, statements saying that is the, I don't know, but I just, I wondered the new cover of the game does not have a swastika on it anymore. So I don't know, makes me think about it, but it's a kind of a Waro political game that takes place from uh, a lot, or it, it indulges a lot of what if scenarios between 1933 and 1940. And it says it's a simulation enabling you to explore those what ifs in the lead up uh, to World War II. Card driven strategy game reproduces the geopolitical conflicts and political struggles that led to the Second World War. Covers, like I said, 33 to 1940 and is designed for two to three players. Each player takes the role of one of three ideologies, democracy, Nazism, and communism that struggle for power during the timeline of the game. And I actually did some reading up on this that the guys of the first Minnesota game group, which is these guys are hardcore grognards, but they also play a lot of Euros. They play a lot of other things. And they've been playing democracy under siege and have been absolutely loving the game which is only going to fuel my anticipation and my excitement for this game. Looks the fact good. that it's it's kind of Euro meets political war game mm-hmm. uh, that really has me really, really excited about this game. It looks like just a big sprawling, but without it being a monster war game, like you don't need a massive table or you don't need four tables to put together. It's just a normal size board. However... It has a lot going on in there, and it's all about that geopolitical struggle between the ideologies more so than the actual war mm-hmm. game aspect. And that really appeals to me. Plus, it's it's a riff uh, on a war game type game that is coming at it from a different angle that I, I don't know any other game that has looked at this type of struggle between the the ideologies as opposed to the war game. So yeah, I'm super, super stoked about this. And one copy will definitely be coming back from me with me from Essen. So it looks like there's uh kind of in the upper left of the board, this political regimes track, which seems to show anarchy, U uh, S democracy, uh, communism, and probably, you know, fascist dictatorship although it doesn't really say that looks kind of like hitler standing up with his hands up then there's a bunch of spaces there so i'm kind of wondering if i haven't looked into this that much since last year but if there's some mechanism by which you know this is shifting around the ideology and it's kind of a multi uh, at least a two-dimensional track on a circle so it's sort of different and how does it skew one way or another so yeah looks really cool it really does. Um, and the fact that you're battling, the war is the war of politics as opposed to dudes on the ground, right? Yeah. All right. So, yeah, that's good. I'm, that's I'm, good. I'm, pre- I'm super stoked about this game, man. Like, jumping out of my skin, excited. <laughs> I, ha- I legitimately have been keeping one eye on this constantly ever since you put it on my radar last year and when i went to essen last year and it wasn't there that was one of the biggest disappointments i was like son of a Mm." (laughs) so uh yeah and and also i should point out that it has a playtime of three hours 
So it's not like it's um, you know, all day or all weekend affair. It's a three hour game. Yeah. So <laughs> I like how we say that. Other people think, well, that is all night. That is you know, we're supposed to be able to get this done in forty five minutes. So yeah. we're we're looking at it from like, well, it's not a nine hour train game. <laughs> So. You don't go to bed that early. It's all about perspective, right? We have we have room, we have time for another game tonight. We'll play three right? rounds of Democracy yeah. Under Siege. Uh, all right, that was number two. Correct. Yes. Oh, Des- I guess I go with my number one. That being like the thing you're keeping an eye on, that was only number two. So number one must be mind blowing. Uh, it's a game that I don't even know the until earlier tonight you'd even heard about, Jim. <laughs> and uh, it has a, a odd name to the game. Uh-oh. It's published by Holland Spiel, designed by Tom Russell, oh, and that's 4X. 4X being short for foreign exchange. Mm-hmm. It's a game about currency trading. I know. Ooh, that's a boy. People are running out wow, to go right. buy it's that. Exciting, exciting news right? there. It's like watching the Cincinnati Reds play. Hey, hush. Hey, hush. <laughs> An opaque, nerdy, butterfly effect game, players take the roles of international financiers who trade and manipulate currency values. Each of the game's several currencies only has value relative to one another, and these fluctuate according to the player investments and divestments. That that That's finance at its core. Um, yes, please. Cannot wait. All, even though this is not going to be at Essen, uh, it's going to be released in October. I figured that was good enough. So yep, 4X, my most anticipated game, I guess, of the Essen time frame. So, yeah, super which, excited about this. Which cell is that in on yours? I'm I'm sad that I've heard of this game, and it wasn't on the Essen list. It wasn't so on I the failed Essen to list. look at it here. But so we, I, have I kind to of say, feel cheated right I now. I have to say, foreign exchange, He's pulling one out that trading. isn't even on the list that we can find anyway, just because he talked to a guy who knew okay, a guy. Okay, Pendragon boy. No, it, it's known out there, but there's nothing. <laughs> I'm a nerd, i got to admit it. I love foreign exchange and the dynamics that go into what makes currencies fluctuate. I read about it every day in the wall street journal. If there's any articles I read. Those are the articles I read. I would love to play this. I'm sorry. It wasn't on the S and dumb S and list. I would have <laughs> certainly been flagged. So I'd so heard Eric, of it, but then I forgot about it. So I'm going to do this you, the right so I way. I would put this probably, I would probably put this in the top 10 and bump antiquity. No, I'm going to do this the right way. I'm, I'm like, oh, Edward, you're, you're, I, it just missed. It's like 12 for me. Number 12. <laughs> so hold Jeez, on, Eric. Were you, I'm Eric? returning Number the favor. for me, man. I'm returning the favor that you did to me last year. Okay. You put democracy under siege on my radar, yes. and now I'm, I'm returning the favor with 4X. And okay. next year I won't I'm even on be it. on the show. So Yeah. Go. Next year, I'll be in Jim's basement, and it'll just be you and I, Edward. All right. You'll be here, too, though. Okay, deal. All right. So, 4X, my number one, most anticipated of the SM release time frame. So, Eric, what's your number yeah, one? Yeah, I, I don't know if I can follow up. I'm frothing over currency trading, and all I have is the <laughs> other Terra Mystica variant, Clans of Caledonia. Which I put at number one because I like the theme better than the Gaia Project. And it isn't exactly Terra Mystica, <laughs> but they took a lot of ideas of Terra Mystica in Clans of Caledonia. 
this is a game designed by Juma Al Juju <laughs> <laughs> with artist Clemens Franz, published by Karma Games. I know this was kickstarted. I think it's still something that can be pre-ordered using the backer kit. I, I don't know how that works, but I've heard about it. I think you could still get the Kickstarter version if anybody's interested. Isn't this um, I, one of them I was reading all the stuff. I think this might be the one where the Kickstarter is going to be the same as retail or something. Yeah. Well, I know there weren't very many stretch goals in the Kickstarter. Right. I didn't back it, but then I instantly yeah. regretted it after it went. I, I think I want, wanted to back it, but it's a never heard that before. Yeah. It's a <laughs> Scottish themed uh, kind of, you know, it's got modular boards. It's kind of a net route network building like Terra Mystica. Al it has da- some. Al Dash Juju isn't a Scottish name. <laughs> yeah. It has uh, nine factions, and these are clans, Scottish clans. They all have unique powers. Um, it has a sharing element, like when you build next to people, you get extra stuff, which is clearly something from Terra Mystica. Single action per turn until all players pass sounds a lot like Terra Mystica. But one of the key differences of it is that uh, as you take over territory, I think this will be different. I mean, you do change the resources you generate in Terra Mystica based on the buildings you put out. But in this one, it seems like it's more re- there's like a resource engine and buying and selling of commodities with fluctuating prices based on whether they're being bought or sold, which and that a, market fluctuation yes. is the hook for me. That's yes. the reason it's on this list is the dynamic right. market aspect is what has me looking forward to this game. Exactly. And that's what kind of got me hooked is obviously I love Terra as a core system. This isn't Terra Mystica. Exactly. It does borrow ideas. It adds some ideas. I'm on board with clans of Caledonia. And it's on all three of our lists, right? So that's three, uh, three games that's right. now. And yep. Yeah, yeah. Um, I kind of put it on the list because if it delivers on what it promises, it belongs there. But I kind of felt like I kind of had to put it on the list because it should deliver what it promises, right? It should, yeah. And I love the Scottish things, and we're drinking. Well, we're drinking mm-hmm. Irish tonight. It has whiskey in the game. So I'm gonna I'm gonna do go a little heavy that. cardboard. Uh, thing here like they do their live streams and all that so i got a tweet here from louisville dad hey you got your trunk in my whiskey no you got your whiskey on my trunk there we go so making edward feel at home that we're doing that's pretty funny i i, I saw that right right when we before we went live and i was like that's awesome because you that, always yes. stop in the middle of to doing something to go oh yeah this guy just said that and i'm you know usually lurking in there some once in a while going who cares cares what <laughs> i'm the ultimate lurker we man. care what you say louisville dad but you might lurk else. but i'm the ultimate twitter are lurker. you are yes. you the ultimate twitter lurker yes so you're right. number one the number one the final number one of the night let me find it here you guys could have let you bring it home here man i'm gonna bring it home busy I don't with remember. louisville dad bring it, it home jim it would be nice if this was in alphabetical order he forgot to print that here. page I know, I and he can't it. remember his number one. <laughs> oh, i can remember it <laughs> scotch happens <laughs> Good. Oh wait, no, it's Irish. Yourself, you said man. so. We're it's, drinking twelve-year-old Irish. Whiskey, We're right? taking. Uh, see, look at that, Juma El Juju. I had it. You had it written. Yeah. Um, where We're drinking is my Kleinlish. What the hell happened to my number one? Uh, this episode brought to right. you by my number one. Uh, John Manker has two designs. <clears throat> this one's uh, by himself, though. Uh, artist is Elon Elskog. Annie Mosina, Johanna Pe- Pedersen, published 
by Ion Game Design, and this is called Expedition Zeta. Mm. I'm taking a fly. I'm going for it here, man, because this one, this one has a revenue has a revolutionary Zeta planetary system generator used in the advanced game can generate as many different star systems in the game as there are known as there are in the known universe. Done. Finished. Peace out. <laughs> what, what more Drop do you need, mic. man? That's All right. It. So we have had a lot of success with space games. <laughs> uh, discover strange system, planetary systems, randomly generated, find exotic new substances, develop exo products that can advance human technology, gain new knowledge, encounter new forms of life, perhaps encounter another star, star uh, faring civilizations. See your crew interact that can lead to romance or intrigue brides and bribes it's like the sims in space which can either help or hinder you uh want a quick game use the quick rules uh it seems to me and looking at the pictures of the game it kind of looked uh, uh almost uh not quite as crazy as high frontier but they had a bunch of boards that looked as dense or as enticing to me wanting a deep game experience this might be the game for us. This might be our space game. Uh, I, I don't. That'd be awesome if so. Yeah. Um, time crystals. Oh man, there's time crystals next to a super hot giant O star. I mean, you know, the terminology is there. It seems like we might get into space and do some stuff and have some fun and explore it with a combination of super motherload meets Solarius mission meets. Um, Guy of high frontier meets, meets high frontier without all Hedgemonic. the crazy, you know. And John Manker, I mean, if he's on BIOS Megafauna, he's got some chops, right? Right. So I mean, he 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 he's used to big games, you know. And the only reason it didn't make my list is because it's only a demo. Because it's, oh, it's, is it I, really? Yeah. Well, good. Um, Maybe this will be like. It's democracy under it's siege for you next year. Kickstarter, actually, right now. <laughs> is it's, it really? It's on. It is. All right, I got. Uh, excited. All right, then for, scrap it. I'm done with that one. That, let's go. Let's go to the next <laughs> no, one. No, but it, the game Cosmogenesis. sounds. No. <laughs> the game which, sounds fantastic. Which, this one uh, made when I looked my, at it. I think it made it into my top fifty. The only things that stopped me was I was really geeking out on the setup. Yes. Setup looked fantastic. Yes. Oh man, it's great. But it looked like there was a fair bit of die rolling in the game, which might be fine, but it was kind of like it all depends great, but the gameplay, I don't know. Right. If it's mitigated die rolling, which most people have put into games nowadays, and it seems to me the guy who's part of the team that designs BIOS Genesis, ben- oh, I shouldn't say that, Megafauna, would find a way to, to mitigate it or would know about that. And there was mitigation. Yeah. Uh, you know, it may be great. I just didn't know. It made it made it into a couple tiers of cuts, but it didn't go to the top. There are two different solo variants in the game. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I, I would have had it in my top ten easy, without a doubt, no question. And it were I cannot believe I missed yep. the demo thing. Ah, on it's that no list. big deal, man. Don't sweat that. No, I was really looking at all those and I guess I just got so excited about this one that thinking, <laughs> yeah, this is good. This could be good, but you know. It it may be uh, Innis was two years on there, so maybe this is not speaking of right. this game. Then. So that's our top tens, right? Those are the top so, tens. So, Eric, you, you have a plethora, Hefe, of yeah. other stuff. Yeah. I, have, I have a list of seven really obscure things that I am really, really excited to check out, but 
that's it. That's that's basically what I have. Yeah. Well, I have a list of five that didn't make the top ten. Go for it. Um, I'll just list them off really quick. One of them was Keeper we talked about earlier. Um, Feudum is a game that was not really in the Essen list, but it's, it's coming out. out around. No, it's coming out around Essen. Yeah, I think it's November is when it's actually going to yeah. be available. I'm still a little bit baffled by how it actually works. I know he had it at Gen Con. Uh, did you get it. a chance to look at it at yeah. Gen Con, Edward? We it, It's actually in the basement right now because we're going to be doing a playthrough of it and okay. a review of it uh, okay. before Essen. So hopefully okay. that'll help. I'll, I'll be, be honest, the only, thing, the only thing that we have done with the game thus far is we did a, play, a learning game of it. Yeah. And it I, I went from really apprehensive to oh hey this seems like there's going to be some really good stuff here you moved and, your hand down when you did that oh like from <laughs> high apprehension to oh it low was your apprehension, apprehension level so, you're showing yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. Excitement so level. no so I, I mean i we wouldn't be reviewing it and doing a playthrough of it if we were like about yeah, the game sure so uh, then the other ones were Pixie Queen, which I think was one on the list from last year. That That's I mean, actually on my short list that just missed okay. it as well. Yep. I was excited about that. looks like who could score the least negative amount of points because the queen is such a biatch or whatever at the top right. of her castle. Um, 878 Vikings Invasion of England from Academy Games. I think this might be out. I don't know how... Close. This is tied. I to think like, that one's out because that this expansion comes out at Essen, I believe. Yeah. I was looking at that myself. So that looks that was a not Kickstarter, su- it's I not believe. a very heavy game, but it looked really interesting. Uh, and then the other one, which I really want Jim to play, I think he's going to have to. He will play this. Is Pearl Games' new Otis, which seems like that a, looked. I was really looking good. at that. That almost made my list. Man. I was thinking this that might looked, be the next Deus. Yeah. It's called Otis. I don't know, but we'll play. And Otis is O T Y S. That's right, O T Y S. And so those are the ones I named. I mean, I had, well, I had Peak Oil was down the list further, but I'll just leave it at what I have there. All right. So uh, some others that I figure I would at least mention that that made the like one short of the final cut. Uh, 1920 Wall Street looks like maybe a thinky economic yeah. filler. Um, there's a game called 2GM Tactics that looks like an interesting card-driven war game. Um, I'm excited about the new Agricola deck because I have 50 of the decks downstairs that still haven't been played. But, ooh, new Agricola deck. <laughs> Is still. it going to fit the old game, though? Because it says for the that new I version. Yeah, I I don't know, but yeah. I I will try and find it's out. Gonna be he's really gonna, annoying. He's gonna it get doesn't. it and find out. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Altaplano. I, I I don't know if I'm pronouncing that right. It's a bag building game like Orleans, mm-hmm. but it's set in the Andes Mountains. That looked kind of cool. Mm-hmm. Um, Charterstone. I'm really apprehensive about, but there's a lot of buzz. But we'll see. Uh, I'm taking the wait and see approach on that one. God, there's a lot of stickers in that one. I, it's tough for me to watch. <laughs> Imp- Import export. Uh, I've heard uh, references to glory to Rome, mm-hmm. uh, but economic wise, and eh, I don't know. Um, I've heard the economy's you, a little bit weak from a local guy here that has it. He says the economy's a little weak, but the but the multi use cards is like in spades. And he was he was saying if you like Chuddick, you would probably like this, which I do oh, like Chuddick. Okay, so, cool. Yeah, yeah, and I, I like most of his stuff, so that's yeah. cool. Mm-hmm. And I find it interesting that not a single one of us, I don't find it 
surprising, I find it interesting that not a single one of us on our short list or on our actual top 10 put in Nuzfjord. What the, section the new is it Uve. in? Which, which section is it in for you? Uh, I, d- I let it go to stage five, which is like <laughs> in the top 20, but I, I don't really, it was just cause I didn't, I, I was really smitten by the cover to be honest. The cover is, oh, that thing is beautiful. It, it's the newest <laughs> Uwe Rosenberg, but at this point I'm going to, I'm going to, uh, no, uh, you're going to Could you tell us what you do in it? What do you do in uh, this you, game? You, you cut down trees and you, you, do you get wood, dig up peat yeah. and. But it's also supposed to be on the lighter side, which that also led me to kind of say, eh, I don't know about that. I mean, hey, it works for him, and there are plenty of people that enjoy his new style of game. So, hey, if you enjoy that type of thing, definitely check it out. Mm-hmm. For present company, apparently not. All right, no. so last things. These seven I did want to – these are going to be some really small print run obscure stuff. You, you want me okay. to do mine before you do those, so those are more special? My near misses, and then you can. Oh, do yours. oh! I didn't know you had near misses, Jim. Yeah, yeah, uh, by all yeah. means, please. Yeah. What was that hand signal? I missed it. Uh, I was blowing you kisses. <laughs> ah, I see. There is a, right, so. <laughs> a glory to Rome board there behind. There is a glory to Rome board. So I really did have this game called Cosmo Genesis that was in and out of my top ten, and it's Eve's Tournier Northwest Passage fame which is a game I kind of like. I think it's a little underrated. Uh, basically, you're creating your solar systems by crashing objects into each other. And they even have a disclaimer in the rule book saying, we know that this isn't all science and we're taking liberties. Please don't beat us up. But it wouldn't. we wouldn't be able to play a game. We know that a comet doesn't actually do what we have it do, but it's close enough. So uh, that was one I had on there. Two other GMT games, Hitler's Reich which looks like a very interesting, quick-playing, supposedly two hours or less, card-driven game about controlling the areas from Egypt to Russia to Britain in the uh, uh, Second World War. And Wild Blue Yonder, which I guess has been getting upgrades to it and everything, whereas the retail price has gone up by 10 bucks, although they're keeping the P500 price as what it was. Uh, so apparently this is gaining a lot of steam within the way the guy is building it up. There's a couple hundred planes or something in there. Uh, so it looks like a dogfighting type game, GMT style, which was really interesting. Uh, the other ones I had on here, you've already mentioned Kalimala, um, Altaplano, which could be really good or could be bog standard Euro games for me. And that's right. why they're on They're They're here they're, They seem like the best of the bunch riverboat. Another one. Um, and then I'll just, oh, and nice cup of tea, which I'm surprised didn't make a list because that's the Snowdonia people. And, uh, this one looks to have the same kind of feel that Snowdonia has with a few extra things. Demo only is why I, that didn't. Well, damn it. I missed that again. All right. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I just, we can't all be as smart as you. Oh, I'm a, I'm a dumb old guy. It's not a smart, it's, it's, it's being... Being thorough. It's that's 10 a.m. to 6 p.m. That's yeah. what that's yeah. what leads to these answers. Yeah. <laughs> How about Heaven and Ale? Is that a demo only? That looked interesting, but is there a good beer crafting game? I don't know. Not yet. Uh, but that sounded interesting. You're marry- making a monastery at least, so it could be Orlebor, right? Yeah, nice cup of tea. Um, Tony Boydell, uh, really good designer, but 
2018 release. So yeah. And then Heroes of Land, Air and Sea, which has an amazingly creative title. And thanks, guys. And um, was delayed and changed and took down from Kickstarter, I guess, and put back up with some changes, even though it had funded, apparently. This is uh, from the people who do, what, all the tiny epic whatevers or, or something like that. Um, so okay. okay, that was, uh, it looked like a heavy game. Uh with all that going on, but I, I just, you know, that delay, that change, that kind of made me worry about, oh, we're bringing in a new script writer. Oh, we've, shh, the director's gone, a different director here. I think it's so, demo only as well. It could be, could be. <laughs> I love you, Eric. Thank you. <laughs> I took that one for you. Anyway. <laughs> all right, I'm done. <laughs> all right, let's hear about these rare yeah. gems. Eric's just had well, no, no, no. Three, I, I, they three nice grams of nice whiskey, and now he's busting my balls because it's <laughs> empty. All right, so I have seven. I'm not going to spend a ton of time on these, but here we go. Good, because people uh, are tired of listening to you. <laughs> <laughs> all right. First one uh, of the. Did you say the this was an annual games. experiment? I, I think we're done. How long? This one, right. <laughs> Go ahead. How long? The way of the dragon. What? Uh how long? How long? T A O space L O N G. The way I of the you dragon. Were saying how long? Published by Thundergriff Games and others. Designed by Docs <laughs> Luchin and Pedro Latro. Latro. Um, I apologize for butchering it. It looks like a thinky filler. Each player controls a dragon that are they're they're bound together by the the Tau and you manipulate tokens on a special board in order to activate your dragon. However, how you manipulated it is going to change the options that your opponent has. Plays anywhere from fifteen to thirty minutes. Look kinda cool and the artwork is gorgeous. So looking forward to checking that out. That's a pretty board. Good one-handed movement there on that computer. Can you get the next one? Yeah, I can. Yeah. I can. Throw next one is mark. Tokyo Highway, uh, designed by Notaka Shimamoto and Yoshiaki Tomioka, published by Itten. It's a crazy dexterity game of placing tiny cars on thin, balanced roads that people build up, and you have to do so with tweezers. <laughs> And the tweezers come supplied in the game. Yeah. Brandon made you me. put this one on here, right? No, it actually <laughs> looks really cool. I, hey, whatever. Tokyo that, Highway. That'll be, looks nuts. That'll be a fun throwdown at HeavyCon 2018. Th that's all I'm saying, right? Yeah. yeah. All right. So the next one is arguably the heaviest uh, theme-wise of any game outside of this war of mine. And it's called Raid on Taihoku. It's designed by Tang Chi, uh, Tang Chi Ming, I think is how you pronounce it. I apologize. Published by Mizo. And here, I just wrote this down, uh, what they said. In the closing stages of World War II, when Taiwan was still a Japanese colony, yeah, more than 100 U.S. B-24 bombers launched an air raid on Taipei. Political and military factory or facilities were the main targets, but civilians were also affected. Many homes were destroyed, and a large number of people were killed or wounded. Raid on Taihoku takes you back to Taiwan in 1945. In the midst of war, you must cooperate to survive. 
You will be fettered and will be and will face d- difficult choices. We must pr- uh, persevere until the war is over, win together or lose together. Not big on co-ops. However, damn. Yeah, uh, the board doesn't look fantastic, but yes, I, I remember reading that, thinking the same thing. And then I then it was co-op, and I'm, uh, I don't know about that. Uh, but, right. Yeah. I, I, yeah. I just I figure I would at least you know give it a little bit of, of play here. The next one, I'm going to be really pissed off if because it says all the pre-orders are already sold out on this. Um, it's a game called Ligerstaten, designed by Masaki Suga and published by Analog Lunchbox. It's a worker placement game. It looks like like a print and play, the, the picture that they have up for it. But it's a worker placement game themed on excavating fossils and collecting <laughs> sets of fossils. He needs uh, a spelling. <laughs> oh, it's L A G E R S T and then A with the two dots over it. T T E N. Is it one word? Yes, all one word. Lagerstatten. L A G E R S T. That should be enough to get it there. He can't get it. Oh, there it is. He got it. Okay, keep going. Sorry. No, no worries. I so the game plays well. it does uh, like upwards play. of two, two and a half hours for this worker placement oh, I think game, lost and Edward. it's about excavating fossils. And I'm like, <laughs> wow, that's there aren't <laughs> many of that. those. We've lost Edward. So that sounded nice kind of interesting going. to me. And there, his sheet. He's stuck in full motion. Is he coming you back to there? us? Will I be able to figure out where we are? Is uh, if he doesn't stop his his audio on his side, we'll be all right. Hey, Eric, we got him back. He's back. He's back. We lost him for a few seconds there, but he's back. Are you back? Oh, 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 that's funny. And here I thought, oh, I have you back because I lost you guys. So, okay, all right, we'll go with that. Sure. We only, we've (laughs) only been running like five computers between us. So one of them was bound to screw up, right? Right. Inevitably, right? So anyway, so that last one was Lagerstatten. Which, like I said, it's all the pre-orders are sold out, uh, and they said uh, any non-claim pre-orders you can pick up. Uh, they'll put up for sale on Sunday afternoon at Essen, and I'm like, man, I'm I'm gonna be bummed if I can't get a copy of that because that sounds really cool. The idea of excavating fossils as a worker placement game. So, the the penultimate game on my list here for the obscure guys is Q E. The letter Q E. Designed by Gavin Burnbaum and published by Cubico Games. These are the same guys that made Fog of War last year. Mm-hmm. So, Eric, I know you're going to dig something like this. Uh, the financial crisis has occurred. 16 too-big-to-fail companies from four countries need bailing out. The central banks banks have unlimited financial resources. So lots of money is going to be printed but the central banks also face disaster. You print too much money and the country they represent goes bust. And so in QE, you play the role of a central bank. You bid on different size companies to accumulate various levels of victory points, so on and so forth. However, after the 16 companies have been bailed out, bonus victory points are awarded for company sets of nationalization, monopolization, monopolization and diversification but here's the kicker player markers on the scoring track show who has the most victory points however players now have to add up the amount of money they printed 
and the player who printed the most money loses all their victory points and basically you completely devalued your currency. <laughs> that sounds interesting. That, it does, doesn't it? And so I was like, dude, I, I want to check this out. So yeah, that's why it's on the list. Uh, and the last one is the third in kind of a, a series of unrelated, just small games uh, designed by Stefan Reisthaus, designer of mm-hmm. Gentis, as well as Arkwright, and published by his own publishing house, which is Ostia Spiele. Uh, it's called Riga. And the first game was two years ago, Visby. Then last year was Talon. This year is Riga, to where you're, you take and trade commodities in the Baltic Sea in the 13th century. Okay, I'm in. Yes, please. Small little, you know, <laughs> like seven euro game. Uh, plus it's designed by Stefan Reisthaus, so I'm willing to give it a shot. So, But that's it. That's all my little obscure small game, some aspect, you know, small print run things that I'm curious to check out. So You're just bringing a little attache for those to bring those back? Uh, I hope so. I, I will certainly try. How's that? Oh, okay. Well... Don't try. Do. <laughs> <laughs> I can't promise about Lagenstatten, but the uh, the the other ones. Uh, I'm just I thinking will, about I, your I own do. disappointment if you don't come back with those. That's all I'm thinking. No, about. I'm, worried, I'm worried. No, for I'm, you, man. I'm talking about getting a copy for you guys. Oh, okay. Hey, I would I would be thrilled. I'll play a little Stefan Reist house game any day, anytime. Yep. All right. Yep. All right, a little technology snafu there, but seeing as we're not live, no problem. Right? Get Seriously, it. thank God we for editing. This problem Oof. there. Thank God for editing. Yeah, who's got? It? Who's going to do that? By the way, uh, that'd be you, sir. <laughs> That's me. Uh, Amanda wasn't on the show. She can do it, right? <laughs> <laughs> I'll let you convince her of that. <laughs> All right. Anything else? Anything else? Uh, I think it's- no. I thoroughly. I thoroughly enjoyed this, guys. Thanks for uh, being willing to do this again with me. I, I had fun, and hopefully uh, the folks listening, whether it's your show, our show, whatever, um, get some stuff on the radar and maybe a little bit more insight into some of these games that they're either are excited about or weren't, and maybe they are now. So we'll see yeah. how it goes. Yeah, sounds good. Yep, three pretty good lists, I think. All right. Uh, yep, sounds good. Are we done? All right. I My number done, one fellas. again is a demo. <laughs> <laughs> good night, everybody. All right, we're done. We're going night, back to y'all. our shows. We're saying good night. We're doing whatever. So I from, said good day, sir. From us to you, good day. <laughs> good day, sir.